Yes, yes, we are back. It's season two of the Spartan Race Fantasy Draft. My friends are back. Jack Bauer, Bracken Crocker. We're here to talk about Spartan Race, San Luis Obispo, slow. We're going to draft 30 athletes. We're going to come up with three different teams. It's going to be great. We're going to talk about all the stuff. We're going to give you all the details that you need to know about how to follow this thing, who to follow. And it's just going to be awesome. It was a fantastic time. We talked for two hours. It was great. If you like the first season, this season, we're back and better than ever. Uh, or probably going to be kind of the same as the first season, but the first season was pretty cool, I thought. So the second season is still going to be cool. Here we go. My guys, Jack Bauer, Rat and Crocker. All right. We are on. It's draft day. First day of season two. The scores are completely wiped. The athletes are ready. I'm set up for redemption. But first, very special guest introducing in 2007, the man who was voted most likely to create an intricate ranking system for a niche sport, Jack Bauer. Hello, Jack. How are you today? You do your research, Rich. (laughs) And second, in a landslide victory in 2005, this man was voted most likely to use an analogy to explain everything. Bracken Crocker's here. How are you? You know, it reminds me a lot about when Jack was predicted to be most likely to create a niche ranking system. That's how I would, I guess, explain that that that, that analogy you just drew for me there. Using an analogy. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> All right, boys. We are here to draft once again. A season is upon us. So to recap last year, Jack Bauer ended up winning. A very annoying win. Wasn't happy that that was the outcome, but it was in fact the outcome. So Jack took it down for for the first season. Bracken finished second. I finished in third. Uh, we're still working out some details of an eating challenge in Vegas, but I think that's going to happen. I'm thinking Sunday after the High Rocks event. I don't want it to ruin my Saturday evening. So this is why it sucks that Jack won. It's not that Jack doesn't deserve to win. It's that in his mind, this justifies that he's the guru. He didn't win because he was good. He won because he got lucky. And had he not been the guru, had he not been the guru coming in, maybe we could give him credit for it. But the fact that it justifies his insane levels of 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 info hubris, I just can't (laughs) abide by that. Two years in a row, if it happens, I'm leaving. I just can't live with this. We're gonna have to have a fourth panel on here just for Jack's OCR ego, and I can't stand it. That works for me. But if you spent more time researching your stuff instead of on your wardrobe, maybe you'd do better. I roll out of bed like this, Jack. <laughs> With sunglasses on your head and a suit. And and I was a slow Sip starter. If you you might you're resting on what you did early in the season. All right. You're lucky there was no play in tournament where everyone was reset. Cause had there been a postseason tourney, I don't even know if he would have got out of the first round. I'm pretty sure you, you certainly were most improved last year. That is for sure. Yeah, no Bracken doubt. made some some terrible choices. Also, might I remind the listeners about uh, betting points? I don't know if uh, you learned your lesson there. If you think it's worth it again, but I live my life a quarter mile at a time, Jack. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, I, it was a fun season. You know, I'm I'm proud to be the inaugural champ. But I mean, hey, the season reset doesn't matter anything anymore. Fresh season, so anything can happen. And this this first race is going to be. Really, really interesting. And and for those of you who are just checking this out for the first time, what we do, we go season long. We talk about each national series race in Spartan race. It's just where we've know we're most familiar with it. So mostly athletes seem to be, and we're able to kind of talk about a, a greater scope of athletes within Spartan race. But in 
there are some other races now that will affect the landscape of competitive OCR. Uh, so let's just talk about what happened at Savage real quick. Bracken, you did a great job at the first like announcing Savage race. Jack, did you check out the Savage race? I did. I saw about two, like I, I probably watched two thirds total of the race. If it was like a 45 minute race, I probably watched 30 minutes of it was skipping around. There was, it was tough with the video, but you guys did the best you kind of could with what you had and, you know, solid content as usual. I actually thought it was fine to follow. I've heard this a couple of times, like, oh, the, the uh, footage was choppy, and I it's expected to be choppy, but yeah. I followed the race pretty well. I thought it was it was all good all the way through. The best part was you had it so dense, like so many people close to each other that you actually had stuff to talk about. There wasn't you didn't need as much filler. Yeah, these these venues are just so remote that it's tough to get cell coverage, and you know, as simply. Simply the announcer. I have no control over the, any of the, the technical <laughs> side, but it makes my job immensely easier when there are battles. Because even if it's stop motion still frames, having people to see and talk about is much better than when it freezes on one person seven minutes ahead of the field. So fantastic to see the depth in the turnout for Savage's first foray into a point series. I mean, it could have like easily 15 dudes deep. On the men's side, it was really, really strong all the way mm-hmm. through. And it's interesting now looking at the competitors who are going to be at the Spartan race in slow. It's not much crossover. It doesn't seem, and there's, you know, some of the top athletes uh, with Kempson and Woods, we'll talk about, we're not sure if they're going to go, but the rest of the, I don't think anyone else in the field is really going to make it out. I think Mike, Michael Suazo is a maybe. Yeah, Leon will be there, Leon. but he's not going to be in the rest of the series. He's kind of here on a training camp in the U.S. from Denmark. Ida. Yeah, yeah same, same thing. Kind of his counterpart from Denmark. Yeah, yeah and then uh, Miranda Kalpinski will be at, at slow as well, and she might be uh, one of the other ones who does kind of – and Chris Rogowski. I am I guess on the men's side, there's not that many. Mm-hmm. But on the women's side, I guess it transfers. But the women's field at Savage wasn't nearly as deep as the men's. No. no. But yeah, it was interesting. I really liked watching. I've, I've only watched a couple of those all the way through. They're pretty fun races to watch because when people can fail and jump back onto things, they can still kind of be mm-hmm. in the race. Where if it was a Spartan, you wouldn't even they wouldn't be on screen. If they made their way back, it'd be like this epic comeback, but you wouldn't see them for a long time. But in Savage, you just kind of pop off and come come right back into the mix. It was like yeah. Mario Kart. Like suddenly <laughs> someone's back off the map in eighth, and suddenly boom, they got a star and they're up to first. And <laughs> yeah, the, the top top ten just kept shuffling. Yeah, I think this is kind of what people have been missing. In the early years of OCR, you just had runaway victories by Cody, Claude, Amelia, Hobie. Like, they just gapped everyone. And now, 10th place, separate in a 10K, separated by less than two minutes, basically, with a very deep field and lead changes throughout. That It's not quite where track and field is, where you just have sit and kick at the end, but it was was very cross-country-like in terms of just not huge breakaways, you know, a ton of back and forth, picking your moments to make a move. And I think that's that's so exciting to watch. I like that you said cross country because Kirk and I talked off mic this week. And that was our, our point, our takeaway is that these big races, and we were talking about slow in particular, you can't think of it as OCR anymore, where, you know, I got to be in my position at mile one and I've it's cross country now. Totally. I, there's going to be a crowd and I have to be okay with that. I might be gapped. I might not see the leaders, but by the time we get to the point where the course begins, 
we have to have worked our way to the front. And some people need to get up and front run from the start, but this is now cross country. This is no longer the old days of OCR where breakaway, get out of sight, you're fine. This is group racing. And that's an exciting transition for the sport. So the way I see that the difference between something cross country and what traditionally in obstacle racing would be is just the course demands and the way that things kind of funnel down cross country mm-hmm. in general is going to be on wide set. You know, you can have eight dudes wide running next to next shoulder to shoulder and OCR that doesn't necessarily seem to be, uh, capable of that because of like a lot of the single track where at savage it seemed like at the at equestrian park that is kind of how that's kind of set up yeah something like uh san luis obispo which i've never been well could do we think it could be wide enough that we could see like a pack of eight people it's wine country so you know your image of what wine country is it's not dense single track country there there will be moments of that but you get some space out there I think the race think, think San Jose. Think uh, Temecula. Dash World Championship that yeah. first year. That was There'll be some open. trails, but you're going to be able to run packed up for a while, I believe. Have you guys seen the map? Mm-hmm. What elevation. do you think? You want to pull it up? I haven't really taken a big in-depth look at it. I just saw the elevation profile, but not. Oh, the you didn't see it? Yeah, I can pull it up. Layout. Um it is it's different than what i was expecting it to be on the website mm-hmm. before it was saying that um there was could be up to 1700 feet of gain for mm-hmm. the super which is not going to be the case it looks like 800 feet mm-hmm. and i think it's still hilly it's it's hilly but it's not it's it's very rolling i'm gonna try to pull this thing up if we can find it i'm redundant Uh, to some people who listened to a show earlier this week but if you break that down to what trail running is a 5k 400 feet per 5k and no one in the world would say hey i'm gonna go run a fast flat 5k it's got about 100 and you know 25 130 feet of vert per mile you know that's that's enough over 100 feet per mile is going to slow the roll and be miserable and because it's not it's kind of all douche grade. It's not steep climbing. Most of it means that it you have to run it hard, and that's going to blow people up. Oh, yeah. And yeah, I think on the elevation profile, there were some hills in the second half, maybe like four and a half or five. Mm-hmm. It might only be a 100-foot gain. That might only take a couple minutes, but that if your legs are out of you at that point, that's, gonna, that's where you know, the best climbers are really going to be happy that they stuck in it. And there's a 250 or 300 foot climb in the second half. Yeah. The yeah, very the end climb, looks like there's a big climb. Yeah. I know if you're at 15% incline on a treadmill and you run a mile, that's a 792 foot gain over the course of the mile. So that's basically what this course is. And if you assume like half flat, half up and down, you're, you're probably looking at about 5% grade for the average incline, which is that, just like you said, that douche grade. <laughs> is it not coming up? I accidentally pressed live, so we're like actually live right now, but it's not. So it's acting yeah. up on the stream yard. Can you see this? Mm-hmm. Nothing. No. Nothing. <laughs> well, anyway, so it doesn't look like there's going to be a ton of. We better hope this works on your end, Jack. We might have to stop this. Um, the There's not, what did it say, 19 obstacles total for uh, Super? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty so well. not. It doesn't seem like it's going to, I mean, and they're very much like at the end, it's an obstacle gauntlet at the end, but no new obstacles, of course. Uh, yeah, but even that gauntlet, not super scary. No. You take out no the tire, tire flip, flip 
no, no one's scared on the men's side. There's no nasty rigor. There's no prog- there's been no grip progression mm-hmm. in the last year on on either side. So nothing's frightening out there except for the running. The running is really going to be interesting because the first like it looks like you dip down right away and you get a little bit of a hill in that first mile, but then it's pretty flat looking. Like it might it's going to undulate a little bit, but not nothing that's going to be some serious gain or descent. So it's just going to be fast. <laughs> Are we expecting this just to go out crazy? Like, will it go out as fast as that Savage race went with like the distance being almost oh, the same? Without question. Kirk and I broke it down this week. We think there's eight to nine people who prefer to front run in control from the front in this field, hmm. which means we, I mean, even if only one person decides to do it, like our odds of finding one is super high. So if we have eight to nine people who want to control and get people uncomfortable, it's going to be a fast start. Yeah. The usual yeah. suspects are probably going to go out hard. Like Batris, Tyler Veerman, Angel typically does um, on mountain mm, course. Yeah. You're, you're going to see some people just go to the front. I wouldn't be surprised. Mark Gaudet with his running right now. Logan likes to be in the front. So, yep. so think of the races we've seen that West Virginia. We last year was probably the last time we saw someone crank out. It was Gaudet. It was uh, Logan Atris and, and Logan. Yep. Yeah. And Goddard yep. played chase. Mm-hmm. People didn't care. <laughs> what, what if there's seven people with them now this time you have to care now because the it, up front two people go out. They're not both going to keep it. And if they do, there's still a podium spot. Seven people go out. Now you're, you're gambling that they're all going to blow up. Odds are they won't. Now that changes the dynamics. You are compelled to commit to a pace early. And that's the, I think that's the most compelling part of this deep field is that people have to make a business decision early on when the break happens, but the chase group is just the same size as the break group. And, and the spear throw positionally, it's listed as obstacle 19, kind of like in the middle. If you decide to hang back and miss your spear, your, your, your whole plan backfired right there. Obviously it screws up whenever you miss it, but if you're not in contention, then that happens. Like you could literally be a typical podium threat and finish like 18th in this race. I don't see like, it's almost, if you let the top group of eight go, you're conceding to be finishing ninth. I don't see Mm -hmm. how people will come back in this, how fast it's going to be. And like, unless there are some spear misses, but how often is that going to happen? I haven't looked at the weather, but I think the weather there is generally nice. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's what's would typically have a, a tough spear day. Uh, I can't imagine a day here in March is going to be that, that nasty for yeah. uh, the spear. It's a penalty loop on the spear. I don't know if that's worth noting at all. Like the Olympus box and spear are all penalty loops. This gotcha. race reminds me of the SoCal us national series race from what would that have been? 2017 where we had Hunter Monterey. Atkins, Monterey. Yes. Monterey mm-hmm. Hunter Atkins, Cody and Killian, I was just Killian, watching yeah. it and, and doing yeah. research for this course. I, I put that one on. Yeah. Now, I was in that race. And the way this first probably two miles of that course are, that's how I envision this course will be, minus the big Monterey climbs in the middle and end. And we were probably 16 or 18 deep in two abreast or single file running low fives for about a mile and a half, two miles through terrain. And I was sitting in, I think, 12th. Hunter was in 10th. And Gaudet was in between us. I'm not Gaudet. Botris was in between us. And we were just flat out hanging on, trying to stay with it. And then we got to a bucket carry, probably a mile and a half or two miles in. And then the race like began there. But 
there was a long preamble. Yeah. yeah, there's a long preamble of fast running, and then everyone got right back to it. I think that's how this is going to look, where it might get spread out, but everyone's going to have a partner. Like, it's going to be one big wagon train of people rolling through this California terrain. Yeah. Just that's... looking at that course map, it's starting downhill. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Like, imagine, yeah, I mean, it's only a couple Nashville. hundred feet, but that's a few minutes. You might get in Nashville. a bad spot. Yeah. Yeah, we saw that in Nashville. Same kind of thing. It's strung out, but it was a cross-country strung out pack or yeah. like a, a fast 10K where it's only like a four-second gap, first to last, and you're just shoulder to shoulder hauling. It's going to be fun to watch if there's any amount of video. <laughs> we we hope to, there to be some video. It looks like the bucket is late in, is in mile four. It looks like it, it could be long, but that's pretty late still. So, I mean, you imagine there would be a lot of the, uh, you kind of have to be established in your race at that point. And yeah. the sandbag is really toward the end. Uh, it's like 29. So that's like in the last third of a mile. There's, <laughs> no, yeah, there's no equalizer in the first 5K. Like there's no great equalizer, no heavy carry, no spear throw, no giant nasty climb. I doubt there's going to be some bushwhacky or water trip. And there's nothing that's going to bring the field back together and balance out skill sets. It's going to be, you got to commit to 5k of a pain in order mm -hmm. to get to your other skill set. And the other people have 5k to get away before anything brings them back down. So you, you would imagine the athletes who are going to do best here are going to be the runners, the terrain uh, who might not be, or like the athletes who might not, who fall back when the terrain is a little bit nastier, when it's a little bit more technical, we, we should see them probably in the front, at least in the first half. Yeah. I mean, that's interesting when you, when you put it that way, bragging how it's like, yeah, you're just going to, it's going to have to suck yeah. <laughs> if you're not willing to have it suck for the, the, and be uncomfortable almost immediately you're not going to probably place where you want to be, at least on the men's side. The men's I, side I is feel so like, deep. I feel like it's almost as if you're trying – you saw this all the time in high school with, like, inexperienced people where someone basically PRs their one mile and a two mile. It's like, oh, that was a bad decision. You're going to see a few people do that, and they know yeah. better. But if they want to place well, they're going to have to do it and just hope that their fitness holds on and they don't crumble. I think Asheville is a good predictor of this race because that was not a climbing race, but those second-half – Short little kickers, to use a Megiddo word, they ruined people's races. That final climb was only like a 200-foot climb. Mm -hmm. But it was after running really hard for five miles. And it made or, or it was the make or break for a lot of people. They just, they couldn't do it anymore. They couldn't just conjure anything up that last little, little hill. And so late stage legs really will matter. Yeah. I, th I think in terms of elevation, and pacing Asheville is going to be very similar to this. Only this is going to be in a dry climate because mm -hmm. Asheville was a problem on the female side of the race in terms of obstacle completion because of the humidity and how wet it right. was. So there might be some athletes, the faster runners who will, we will talk about. There's a couple in this on the female side that could really stick around and might be able to kind of put a big enough gap to, to change this race almost from the outset. So yeah. Um, that will be interesting. I, I will just add a couple things before we get into like the actual drafting. Um, Bracken, I heard your episode with Kirk. There are actually 15 previous podium finishers at what a Nationals. Uh, you said 13. And that mm -hmm. does not, it's actually 16 if you include Atkins. Um, and then if you include Woods or Kempson, who we're still not sure about, that mm -hmm. would be 18. The record, who did we miss? 
Um, I don't know. I, I don't have the the whole list. I just have that as a note. Um, but the record is 20. I'm not wrong in my stats, Brock, and you know that. Um, but anyway, Listen, it's not what you know, it's what you can prove. That's don't true. come at me with this little league garbage. All right. To, but let, let me just let me just finish so I finish this. But um, seven, 2017 Tahoe had 17 finishers or 17 previous podium finishers from a national series event or people who have podiums in, a, in an event period. So that was the deepest. Um, looks like we're going to be just short of that. But, uh, but that was Monterey a world championship race, event, correct? Yeah, that Monterey race had 15 that you were talking about the 2017. So this was right up there. This could set the record for the, the most depth on the men's side in terms of previous major race podium finishers. Where does it project on the race, most competitive races of all time list? Can you I mean, project that type of thing? Not, yeah, yeah it, that, that's a thing. I, I would say national series wise, this is about as deep as it's ever been in terms of where really good people could finish. I think previously without having Killian, Cody, Hobie, you know, some of the, the old breakaway pack, like, those guys were definitely a step ahead um, at the time of the of the chase pack. I think the chase pack, without question, anybody can slip up and, you know, positions change dramatically mm -hmm. these days. Um, I think we're missing a couple of, like, those top-end people in this race, especially with potentially Woods and Kempson not racing. Um, but in terms of depth, depth, this is as good as it's ever been. Question for you. That you say so. This is going to be one of the top two off-road depth fields. What do you think was the deepest stadium race there ever has been? The most competitive. Good question. I would say it's probably. It could it's have been that probably. city. There's there's that head city field shoulders. one probably. Okay. What's your list say? How did how did, how did that, that work out? Did you win that? That's weird, but I didn't get your vote for greatest stadium racer of all time. <laughs> but I won the Super Bowl of stadiums. Does uh wow. does Killian get your vote for you know winning? Or Atkins has only won one world championship. Cody, Hobie, Killian, they've won multiple. Like was Kill no, no. I just find that interesting that yeah. that you stated there was an undebatable, not me, and yet at the undebatable deepest race ever. Wow, hmm. I had no point. I was just thinking. I don't think Kent was there. Was he? He we roomed together. You did in that one? Okay. Whatever. Yeah, we'll, fourth, we'll, I think. Jack, you're just applying chips. You're doing what we do on the yeah. show. You're giving wow. chips on a shoulder. No apologies. Now. So, yeah. No, yeah. no, I'm, I'm not here to talk about me. <laughs> do I look like someone who's here to make a statement? No, Absolutely I'm not. not. I'm, just, I'm observing on things. You're just trying to be a fly on the wall right now. Just yeah. blend in. Hmm. Okay, so that, that, was, that was unimportant. Let's continue on. Yeah, yeah. All good. So I like the way this map looks. Let's get into some of the draft rules. So we draft uh, snake style, five men, five women, one wild card. We're allowed one keeper each race outside of the top two picks. The season is going to start. No keepers. No we keepers do, from Abu Dhabi. No keepers from Abu Dhabi. Uh, we're doing cross-country scoring, so it's going to be the sum of your top seven, not your top five, if you know cross-country scoring. We're just modifying just a little bit. And we're going to combine the top men and women finishers of your top seven, and you know, the lowest score of those finishing places wins. We're doing a dual meet style, so it's head-to-head -head scoring. So each week, our teams will have two different outcomes. What did I miss? What would we What would we like to amend? Is there anything that we want to put into place this year? Uh, whether it be side bets, we could do something official on side bets. We could do. We didn't even take care of last year's side bet at this point, so I think it's a little early for that. I propose a keeper rule. Okay. I propose that in this first week 
someone is allowed to pick a keeper regardless of pick position. If it's your first round pick, you can keep them, but they must be kept for the entire year and you're docked one draft pick every draft after this. Example, you get the number one overall pick. You can lock that in as your keeper, but you have to have them the entire rest of the year in your five, even if they're not available. And instead of 10 rounds, you only get nine per draft. So they have to score. That's a scoring spot, you're saying? A scoring spot. So, okay. okay we don't have to. This is, okay. I'm okay if it's shot down, but it's a, it's a little... A little carrot I want to dangle out here. The Lindsay who might not race the rest of the year, you pick her. Well, why would you keep her? If you pick her as your keeper, even if she doesn't race, she would have to do that. Like True. Would that be the worst peak keeper pick? Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm just laying out an example. If someone retired after race two, you had them as a scorer the rest of the year. However, let's say you got... Um, let's say you have like Annie last year or something. Annie, you picked her. She's yours. The rest, and you get to keep her the rest of the year. Right. That would be an example of it really working out well. Correct. Was healthy. Ran hurt after the first one. When do we have to step? Like, is there going to be a like? Is the first round? Is the first round of this draft our keeper for the entire time? No. If uh, other keepers stay normal. But at yeah. some point, you can designate your franchise player. But as a result, they're in your lineup every week, and you're docked a draft pick. We would have to, like, when do we have to establish the franchise player? Like right now, before the next draft. Okay. Okay. I was gonna say if you do this at like Utah, okay. that's that's way too late. Um, okay. So we don't we don't even have to say yes or no to this right now. We can just chew on this for a while. I think we should decide it. We should decide it. That's gonna right. affect who you pick. Okay. Okay. If we don't like it, let's not. Let's talk about pros and cons yeah. here. I mean, I'm going to gamble all season, no matter what. Because this out is for last year. Well, this is like a. This is sort of a gamble, right? Like it, it's. It's. I don't know. It. I do not like it personally. Let me let me clarify. They don't have to be in your five, but they're on your roster the whole season. Mm-hmm. So you don't give up a scoring position if they're out, but you give up a potential roster spot every single week so i think first person is way more valuable than your wild card or 10th round pick i i think that it's way too favorable for whoever ends up picking first or second this round right this, this, this particular first round. pick every draft I know, I know, but like you don't get your first pick and then you don't get your last pick every draft after that. Well, if you don't get your first pick, you're really guaranteeing that you get X person. Right. And then you don't get your last pick as well. But how often did the 10th place person actually factor into scoring? Not often, honestly. Every one of my drafts. And if they get injured or don't show up, they're still your first pick. You have to keep them. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I'm okay if we don't do it. I submit it to a vote. This I think would work in like an auction style because I think that Jack is right that it's going to be up to the wheel of names to determine who, you know, like if that, if I was to draft Lindsay, I'd probably take this option, even though she might not race all these races, but the ones that she does is like a guarantee one or two almost. Yeah. Yeah. And and the, the toughest part is like, even if you pick third, you would be guaranteed Lindsay and Lindsay's not falling to third. If she, let's assume she were to do the whole season, yeah. I don't I it just kind of eliminates the the help of having that first pick 
or in the draft that like granted you you finished worse the week before but i don't know i i just don't like it because it we should do keepers for everybody or, or just, i don't know I, I just don't like that it has to be in rounds one or two i think that it the rule that we had where everybody had the opportunity to pick a, a man and a woman then you can do whatever keeper after that that's that's a little bit more fair in my opinion i think i'm going with jack on this one okay wasn't a bad idea, but I think that. Oh, it, don't sugarcoat it, it. Shoot me down like it, a man. No, it, it it backs people into a corner too much. If you're, if you don't Jack, get. A I intend to put day. you in a corner. All good. The dunce corner. <laughs> it was a bad idea, Brack, and two of us thought it was terrible. There you go, Jack. Yeah. Let him know. There's the fire. Well, <laughs> any other rule amendments we would like to to kind of kick around? Do you want now? to mention the? the seating essentially for the, the wheel of death or the wheel of destiny, whatever it is. So last year we didn't have any type of waiver. We had like a waiver priority, but that was more behind the scenes that didn't really affect the draft at all. But when we went to do draft order was all, everybody had the same chances of getting their pick and whoever got, whoever was selected, got to choose their position for the draft. And Jack won the wheel of freaking names the last three freaking weeks and then ends up winning the whole thing. So now we're going to do an NBA draft lottery style where you get more chances to have the first pick. So since I finished in last, I get three ping pong balls. Bracken's going to get two. Jack, you get one. And then we'll change that each time, uh, depending on the place of the uh, standings for the, for the remainder of the year. Now the amendment I will add for that, if we're just scrapping all keepers, everything last season doesn't matter now. Shouldn't everybody have equal odds for this first pick? And then based on whatever Big Bear is, whoever did well or poorly here, that's when you do the three votes for number one, two votes oh. for number two, one for number three. Why are we even trading gifts of NBA commissioners if we're not going to follow the NBA protocol, which is last season determines the first pick for the season? That's the main thing. If we want to do the, the draft lottery if, thing. If you guys need all this extra ammo to beat me, then I guess it is what it is. And I hope that I'm that one in six that it that it comes up first just so I can stick it to you guys. You can't Great. have it both ways. You can't That's want fine. to be the champ and not accept the trampi- the trappings of champhood. All good. Yeah. Let, let's do it. You guys can can take whatever leverage you need on me. And we don't need to make all change all the rules now because we can do whatever we want. If we want to change rules next time, yeah, we can change it next time. Group vote. We're never going to have a tie. All right. We feeling good? Yeah. So before we do the draft order, once we get the draft order, we'll, we'll just get right into it. Jack, who is not coming to this race that we know of on the men's side? Uh, men's side? Okay, I was going to start with the... The women's race first. Do um, women then. Whatever makes it. Okay. Easy. Uh, biggest names on the women's side. Annie Doobie, Nicole Maracle will not be there. Um, Faith Stenning, Amy Cross had a top five showing at one of the races before. Um, Miriam was supposed to come over from uh, uh, from Europe a couple times last year. She said she will not be here. Natalie I think Yano. Miriam's only goal in life is to throw off our drafts. <laughs> She's been doing Whatever it. our intel says, she does the opposite. Yeah. So maybe we say that she isn't there and then she will show up. She was waivers for Abu Dhabi, I think, right? I wavered her. Man, that was tough. (laughs) That was tough. Yeah. Um, And then Rhea Coble will be doing the rest of the series, apparently, besides this one. Um, So she won't be here. Sarah Kai's same intention. Um, So got got some pretty big names who will not be there. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And looking at the list of women, it was... The depth wasn't quite 
there. It was before Lindsay said she was it's going, still it was, like it's gonna be a crapshoot trying to guess like five through ten, five oh, through for 15 sure. on the women's oh, side, I, honestly. I, absolutely. But it, well, before we knew that when Lindsay was coming, it was like, uh, I have no idea <laughs> yeah. what's gonna happen in this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, how about yep. dudes? What dudes aren't coming? Uh, biggest names probably Bracken and Rich. No, um, Brian, Brian Gawiski, a regular on the circuit, he will not be there. Uh, Ian Hosick is starting his season in Big Bear. I was kind of surprised with that. Um, let's see. Josh Reedinger, same deal. Uh, love to see him throw down. You're not really seeing many Canadians, um, like Mick Torello, Samuel A. Bear, Sean Stevens Whale. They, they won't be coming down. Um, but you'll see that, and Brendan Neal, you'll see them, um, once, uh, you go up to Canada for a couple of races. Robert Killian won't be here. And uh, Sean Roberts, we know he's not doing the series, but it, Forrest Bogue, I think he's he's dealing with some injury issues, but he's always uh, a threat for top 10 whenever he shows up. But there's some really big names who will not be here. Nick Riker, um, but doesn't mean that there I isn't a lot names. of talent there anyway. The biggest name. Oh, Nick. Got him. Yeah. That's a burn. That's a deep burn. I'm surprised at Ian because I think he went to Cal Poly, right? Yeah, I thought I thought he was like, probably online. <laughs> Zingers, they keep coming. He's on a roll. Um, yeah, I so. hope Chris Bob Brown shows up because this strikes me as a course where he can go out and light some people's tail feathers on fire. And there is a trail. He's doing he will the trail. Be present at the venue, he will not know if he's racing until that morning. <laughs> okay and like Crazy. we said we're not we're not sure on kempson and woods we've decided as a group to not draft them because they're not we don't really know what they're doing they're not really giving up some info if they are going to go so we're not we're just going to take them out from this did we decide that uh loaded it around in our loaded around. what do you think let's, let's decide now let's yeah. decide now oh i i don't I have no feelings on it I'm sorry i was grinding on the treadmill putting in my my daily effort jack sure. I was getting ready for my three-hour lunch break, so I had a lot of time to discuss it. I rub the sleepies out of your eyes before that, yeah. <laughs> that lunch break. It is PM now, so I'm good. Yeah. So what do we think? I, I mean, I'm before that because we don't know if they're going to show up and like if we, if nobody drafts them or they have keepers. It well, that happened last year, right? I think that I think that happened with Kempson last year, yeah. maybe for Utah, whereas like someone got him at the last second. But here's um, the deal: he's intentionally vague. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And while I like the guy, if he wants to play that game, he's going to have to deal with the consequences of no one in America drafting him. He's not drafted then. No. He's out. I, I asked like 108 people and I got 107 or 106 direct yes or no's. Ryan Woods and Ryan Kempson were the only two who did not answer me. <laughs> that's that's what I do for the people, okay? To you, figure do, this out. you do that. They're yeah. the only two. And, and Woods was like, ah. I don't know. I'm fat. And then of course he, he does Savage race the week after. Um, but I, I feel like if he did better at Savage race, he probably would have been more inclined to do this and he could very well buy a flight tomorrow and end up doing it. Kempson just doesn't give a yes, no ever. Um, so I think for purposes of this, they'd both do great if they showed up, but I think it's just giving a gift to whoever has waiver priority. Um, at what if race. someone wants to draft them? Are they off limits for drafting? I mean, I just think we need a, a hard and fast ruling for the rest of the year. Same day, like 
if I've asked you and you guys have, you know, reached out to people and stuff, if, if you can't give an answer and you're not injured and you don't have like some impending work thing where you're, you know, you can't make it. I don't know if you're just saying, I don't know, maybe I'll decide later. That's, that's not really fair to making a good decision for us. Media, media, some people are media adverse, I guess. And that, that, that's where it comes to. I say we just don't just because I don't know. What if I want to draft them first? And you want to keep them for the rest of the year? You want to put them in the, the franchise mode? Then, then you do it, man. You do you. Because Ryan Wood signed. He's tier what? One? One. Tier one. Yeah. Doesn't he, he have to be there? No. Otherwise, he forfeits his first child, I believe. It's the Rumpelstiltskin clause. <laughs> yeah. You can negotiate that one. The Watzel Stiltskin. All right. Uh, well, five seconds. Yes, no. Are we going to do it? I would say no. I'd say no. I think they're dead to me. All right. That's it. Dead to all of us. All right. Let's we'll talk about them. Let's spin the wheel. Got to share the screen. screen. I'm going I'm to give it a give it a shot here. Hopefully, it'll work on the Chrome tab. It popped up a second ago. You guys saw it before, right? Is it up? Remember, I identified colors correctly. So. That's true. Can you see it? Yeah. All yeah. right. Well, color. I got my targeted ad. See, we just bought Carl a, a book bag. To, to go hiking with or a little dachshund. So now I'm getting a bunch of targeted ads for book bags for uh, nice. dog bags, I guess you should say. All right, we're spinning the wheel. This is for who gets to pick first. Who gets to know. choose their pick spot. Oh. oh. Dang. I worked. thought I was racking all day. It worked, it worked, it worked. Oh, interesting. Yeah, this is, this is weird. I bet if we did it on our browsers, it would have been different. I forgot to remove oh, my name. Oh, how interesting. <laughs> Keep oh, rolling. Again, Keep again. No, no, no. Rolling. You, you got to – no, you have to do two two versus one, exactly, for the statistical odds. Yeah, yeah, um, that was my fault. That was my fault. No, no, that. this – I like <laughs> – Come on. Yeah. Uh, oh. Hell yeah. There we go. We got it. Mm, yes, yeah. Yes. You guys tried to screw me. doesn't matter. Cool. I think I, there's collusion. I had nothing to do with it. No. I want to draft second. I'm not convinced you guys aren't in the same dwelling right now drafting. Little Miss Colorado's be. over there. Very okay, well could be. Live draft soon. This yeah. is Midwest exclusion is what it is. It's just like Spartan Race. It's, par, it's par for the course. Yes, it is. Yep. It's the whole East Coast to, to Mountain or Rocky Mountain uh, transition. Pious. We're in on it yeah. together. Jack, which Man, position I'm trying to draft? remember. You're trying to remember what? I think there's enough good talent. I'm going to go first. Okay. Okay. Bracken, you I never worked out for anybody, but I'm trying it anyway. Hubris. Oh, man. I had a strategy, and I, I've done this in fantasy football and basketball before. It's like, what is it? What's an angle I could pick where it's a little bit like try to outsmart everybody and see mm -hmm. like the best. And I always end up getting last. So now I'm just going to go with the traditional sense and just hope I get lucky. Cause that's basically what this is. Yep. To me, this feels like the LT years when you draft Ladanian in your set, but it's almost too much pressure. If you're second or third, you don't even have to worry about you just, there's a whole clump of people and they're all as good as each other. Mm -hmm. That's on the men's side. It's, it's like running backs now. You have so many people in like the 800 to 1,000 yards a year. You have like one Derrick Henry. 
and then just a huge clump of people. And it doesn't matter which, which one you take because they're all going to be close to each other. All right. The 2022 fantasy season has arrived. It's time to draft Jack Bauer with the first pick. You can see my screen. I see your screen. All right. I'm going with Webster. Right here. Going Lindsay. There is no such thing as a sure thing in OCR, but I feel like if this is genuinely her final race, she's the defending world champion, the greatest of all time. I do not see a way that she is going to lose on her last big race. So how do we interpret, is that how we are interpreting that announcement is that she's I, going to run this race? And She's not focusing on OCR specifically. She'll still, you know, she's not going to just open still a bakery and gain seven <laughs> yeah. pounds. Yeah. She's, she's still going to be fit. I just don't think she's going to have her main focus as OCR. The way, the way it read to me, it's like, she's now entering the field of everybody else. <laughs> she's now is taking on a job and not going to be able to train full time. But even with that and her experience and her base of training that she's had for the past, I don't know how many years has she been full-time OCR five, six, I don't know. Probably since battle frog days, like 15 or 16. Yeah. Here's my yeah. question. Have they ever trained like full-time OCR athletes? I think, I think that the way that they trained is how a full-time OCR athlete would train. Cause it's like, that's kind of the only full-time athletes there were. What, what, what is your meaning behind that? Like very specific, your meaning. Yeah. They had their irons in so many different fires. To me, it seems like she's going to have less, maybe overall training time. And then she'll just get specific on one area. It's going to round out her other area. She's still going to win worlds this year. I agree. <laughs> I would take her also to, yep. and that's so like, right. And what I would argue is like, well, however they're training is how a full-time OCR athlete could train. Cause they're doing it the best, True. you know? So like, maybe we're not doing it. Maybe we're not training like a full-time OCR athlete, but uh, I, I think you're, you're right. Correct. I, think, I think that focus is, uh, uh, you know, maybe that the, the Ryan Kent effect where it's like, Less time means more focus training on the things that they need to do. Mm -hmm. um, but just with their base of experience, I don't see, <laughs> I don't see yeah. how it works. Well, she's kind of going to be like the Hobie call transition here where he ran hundred mile weeks for a while. And then he switched down and just did 30 miles, 20 miles a week and a bunch of quality and carried off his base for a while. She has so many hours of base that she can reduce base for a while, just still hit some technical and speed stuff here and there and she's gonna draw interest for maybe a few years before it starts to really come back to earth i agree and like the only way that i feel like she will actually walk away is if the competition just becomes less enjoying like mm -hmm. like she gets less enjoyment from the actual competition or she has children or she has children or this because the, the undertaking that she is doing like she she's opening like bed and breakfast essentially what it sounds like she's kind of uh, operating airbnb and wants to turn it into a cafe and if that's which that's like going to be full time. Yeah. <laughs> that's not like online coaching, you know, nothing against the online coach, online coaches out there, Bracken, myself. It's just a bunch of succubuses. <laughs> Succubi? Jack, sure. what's the plural there? Succubi. Let's go with that. Okay. Cousin of the cactus. All right. Good pick, Jack. All right. Who are you going with, Rich? I'm taking VJ. Shocker. I'm taking VJ here. You know what? I got someone I might have wanted first overall anyway. Give me Emma Cook Clark. Okay. I 
am a Lindsay believer through and through. However, I don't think her stance at the top of this sport is going to look as secure on Saturday as it did every day in the last five years leading up to Saturday. Emma is, this is a course set up for her to run away from things and there is nothing glaring to trip her up or slow her down for several miles. And then once there is, it's not really failable stuff in their penalty loops. Right. I'm not saying she's going to win because that's disrespectful to Lindsay. But if she wins, I'm going to have 0% surprise. If there's a course that she is going to beat Lindsay on, it's this one. Because you shouldn't it, be technical. It shouldn't be technical. It's going to be dry. Like you mentioned Asheville where Emma in her first race ever took it out and was killing the field mm-hmm. before she ended up doing like a zillion burpees and still getting fifth. Um, okay. We saw her at Tahoe. That was late stage season. And she looked so good mm-hmm. and she looked really good in Dubai until things went wrong. Mm-hmm. But when has she beaten Lindsay? She's had chances. Well, true. And but I mean, everyone Lindsay's... has to get their first one at some point and she's. Yeah. yeah. But year. Lindsay also screwed up twice in Asheville. Lindsay also missed her spear in Abu Dhabi. And, you know, she made the same mistakes that Emma did and she still won by several minutes over. Her. I'm not arguing against Lindsay. I already yeah. said she's probably going to win. She's the best ever. However, when did Nicole beat Lindsay? Until Early she did. Season. Good. Yeah. And then all of a sudden she beat her and it's like, oh, wow. Well, Nicole's now the non-technical mountain best. And now it's going to be interesting how they balance out on the courses. So you have to get your first one. And I don't think you can yeah. hold it against a young athlete that they haven't done it yet. They've only raced twice. Yeah. Right? Wow. So who sure. knows? No, you know? Emma, in my opinion, is the she's going to break away with Lindsay. Um, whether or not she gets ahead of her for a while it wouldn't surprise me either. I think it's going to be those two by far in, in the front of the pack on the women's side. But here's yes. what we know. It is a downhill start. Lindsay. Lindsay will not be leading off the line. Lindsay's not a Ryan who has this explosive 30 meter to 100 meter start. Lindsay rolls into her pace. And we the last time we, we have two examples to look at with them. And the last time this happened, there was like a 50 meter gap, 100 meters into the race. So we know she's going to start out in first. This time, there's no water or river or mud to slow her. So it's going to be on fitness to slow her, not nature. So again, I would mm-hmm. ride my family's life on the line with Lindsay all the way. But Emma's coming. Yeah, no, I, I like it. I, Had we good. approved keepers, I would have picked Emma first anyway. It's like starting a franchise. Back to that question. Yeah. yeah. All right, who are you going back to back? And I feel back like we back. overlooked VJ, but we've talked so much about him. In well, the let's, past that yeah. let's 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 uh, talk well, about him. Let's talk about it because it's important for the men's race, right? Like where this course is a super distance, which VJ is amazing at, like a 10k distance. It's going to be the transitions through obstacles are going to play a huge part in whatever separation anyone at the top can make. Coming down from altitude to sea level not incredibly steep. I don't know. I, it just seems like a course, if there's going to be one where he'll be able to run away, like we've seen him run away from the field before. Like this seems pretty similar to those. He just hasn't shown more than one singular weakness. And the only weakness has been duration. And this race isn't going to be that. 
and I, we've talked about that that narrative's not fully true anyway. Mm-hmm. But when he's lost, it's been duration. Mm-hmm. This race isn't going over ninety minutes. This may this might be this might be an hour. Uh, I was going to say like forty five. <laughs> this yeah. might be forty five. Oh, minutes. Sorry, under an hour. Yeah, yeah. The like that race in. Arizona was what he run? He ran like 37 minutes or something. Like, there's going to be, th- yeah. this will be a little bit more elevation gain than that, but I'm guessing like 45, 43 minutes or something like this for this race. I'm guessing like 41 to 43 with all this depth, just pushing people to PRs essentially. Like mm. Mm. I'm really torn on this pick. I mean, not VJ. VJ is, he's just the best at everything other than long right now. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's that close, but this who's second right now. Good luck. Could be. Now, what's going on with this list? I'm still seeing Kempson and Woods on this list. I, I put them as I'm just putting them on the list originally, but I can delete them if you want. Or at least, can we? Is there anyone else on there that doesn't belong? We don't want to no. see them. We don't want to see their. Those are the only two. Here, I will strike through their names. Strike so. through their names. Okay. Right there. Thank you. Yeah. <sighs> I am going to make this pick solely based on what I've seen this year. I'm going to take Rylan. Wow. Now, I I think there are six people that could all be this person. But I'm taking Rylan. This is, I mean, the last time we saw him at a national series race, he did finish second. Um, So it's not, crazy Here, here's the <laughs> logic i'm following okay let's hear it hawk call led for over an hour and was seen as he's probably going to be the next best fastest rolly course kind of guy rylan just beat hawk at a very similar course to this in a 30 minute race mm-hmm. no it was like a 21 minute race no that was the sprint, the sprint. He, oh he, hawk, hawk wasn't the in the sprint you're right yeah. right so i really should take ryan atkins i really should take Josiah, you know, there are some people here that I should take, but uh, Rylan just feels like the it girl this year. I think he's got a crazy level of confidence and his noob gains are just real. I'm taking him. Yeah. He's not going to fade either. He's dealing with a little bit of an injury is why he didn't race in Arizona. Uh, It's still early in his season, but his confidence, his mindset is really going to be the best of anyone really in this as good as anyone out here. He's not lost I'm either. going to regret not taking Atkins, but I gambled all season and I'm starting out that way. Now I, I don't even know if Atkins is the, the next best person to take, honestly, after his bike drive, but <laughs> he might not be, but we don't know. I mean, what did he do at worlds after he did? What was that called? Uh, eco challenge. Eco challenge. Eco challenge. So I, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Go on. Move on. I don't even want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> I'm gonna start second guessing. Rich, who you going with? Now I was really hoping you were gonna take Atkins, Bracken, because it removes the easy glaring choice if I take Atkins. Now you get to play around with names, but is Atkins gonna be our Rogers? Who's just gonna drive through still, the draft now? I still feel like he he got fifth in Asheville. In a similar course to this, and he's beat up. I'm, I'm just giving my honest opinion on it, but do we? There were six people I thought deserved that, maybe five. I mean, yeah, 
I gotta take him. Give me Atkins. Damn it! I was trying to talk you out of that so bad. This is the, the I didn't. I don't. I didn't want him. I was hoping. Yeah, I thought I'm practically should have taken him twice. But this is the race. When, this is when the, race is the last time that anybody has ever said I didn't want Atkins? Like, how crazy is that? Just, I mean, it's the wrong course at the wrong time of the year, coming off the wrong event he just did. But he is. The, he still might win. He's he's probably <laughs> gonna win. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's just that. Like, it, it would be silly not to. The one time I did take him last year, or I took him a couple of times last year, but I had him in Asheville. And that so that's in my head. I know he's not a guaranteed one or two. This is the course that it, it could be like, and how deep this field is, and how things might kind of stretch out. Mm-hmm. But I mean, yeah, he's going to be ready to rock. <laughs> he's he's as competitive as anybody. He just has a little bit of know-how. He's like the transitions, like I mentioned for VJ, he's not going to lose time on obstacles. If anything, he gains ground on him. If the bucket carry is long and grueling, if the sandbag carry is long and grueling in the second half of the race, that plays to his advantage. Um, what else? Yeah, the only question is, what, what did those 350 miles in the tundra do to the first 5K <laughs> of his race? That's the question endurance he's just he's plenty of endurance gains coming from that like yeah uh, the second half is going to be just fine for him yeah <laughs> can he hang on through the first 5k so far i'm doing the opposite of my strategy jack who, mm. are, you, who are you picking see now the order becomes important because third round is where you get the keeper i thought oh yeah okay mm-hmm. and i think i'm gonna go tyler veerman next and then okay. hawk call after him dudes all right I have these guys in that same clump. Of same clump. Could, you know, just boomer bust or second through sixth. Yeah. I Island, actually Tyler. Yeah. Atkins, Tyler's Hawk. dangerous right now. Yeah. Double win in Jacksonville, and those were not easy races against people. No. Super confident. He's traveling, you know, he doesn't have a whole cross country flight for this one. Um I don't know. I think he's he's as confident as he's ever been, and he did he did that the week after like a fifty five k trail race in Moab when he when he did Jacksonville and ended up winning against Riker, Kirk, Alvaro, a pretty solid field over there. Um, yeah, I'm I'm confident in him. And that answers my question, right? Because that's what I would pose him. Like, what is it like the amount of training he does in the mountains, uh, chasing vert? and the ultra stuff like what has that done to his ability to turn it over fast but he won a race with uh kirk who's one of the fastest guys alvaro who's definitely one of the fastest guys like yeah a super distance although you know those guys made mistakes in the in that race they made mistakes he was coming off a of 55k i like guess yeah right exactly so that's what i mean it's like yeah. ah, what do you trust which stat do you trust more when, and when Tyler showed up last year, he brought it. I think he was podium. He, podium he was West like Virginia. five, three, seven. I think he got third in West Virginia, right? Third in West Virginia. Did he run Utah? He may have been fourth or I think fifth so. there. He, he never finished worse than like seventh. And over the past couple of years, I remember we talked about this in our season preview episode. Like his worst finish was like 11th in Big Bear over the past few years. He's he's on another level right now. I, I genuinely think so. And Reason I took Hawk in round three was because I want him as a keeper for next week or next uh, race. 
I did my tiers as well, like how, like what Brad was saying with this clumps. And I like to break it out: who can, who can get top three, who can get top five, then who can get top ten. But I had like yeah. fifteen dudes in, the, in that, so it didn't really work out that yeah. way. But I actually had Hawk in the in in one down because I had him in my really? third tier. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Uh, for this rate, it's just early. Uh, I, I don't know. They just, I guess, just because the other guys who are coming, I feel like there's. I gotcha. I don't know. I don't know. What do you what do you think about him on this course? I I don't know. I I mean, he raced with Ryland. He was hanging with them on basically most of the course, and then got dropped towards the end. And he's coming off a college cross country season. I feel like he's probably pretty fit, or I guess at this point, he's a few months removed from that. But yeah, Bra- uh, Bracken, remind the people what you did after your last college race. I ran a 1639 5k two months later after getting the double down at KFC and not cooling down. Yeah. <laughs> so it could be of that college mentality where it's like, yeah. I'm I, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> two uh, double downs. Double 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 downs. double. Yeah, one was uh was crispy, one was baked. I'm surprised even had for health reasons, right? Yeah, I'm surprised they even had like a grilled version of the double. It's like, oh well, I don't want to be yeah, crazy here. Yep. All right, I wanted it, but up. I don't want to like, excess calories. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we got we got to speed this up because I got to get back to work. Um, Listen, you do what you got to do. We'll put you on auto draft. I'll I'll think about that. Yeah. All right, Rich, who are you going with? I'm gonna go eat it here. Oh yeah, my draft has fallen into my lap. Uh, so Ida's I was coming. actually torn on her as well. Ready, so. This this like she looks good. This, this like third spot, this third po- this podium spot mm-hmm. for this race is is really kind of up in the air for me. She's looked great, you know. She she beat Alex Walker at Jacksonville by quite a bit. I think over a minute on that course. She just pretty much killed everybody in that Savage race. Um, even though it was like less deep, but Miranda's not a joke. Chris Rogoski's not a joke when she just, it wasn't even a race when, yeah. when she was in there. Um, so it's just gonna be about running. Like where's her high end running ability at OCR world championships last year, she mixed it up with the fastest runners. So she's going to stick her nose in it. And I don't think that, um, the obstacle is going to be a problem. So it would have to be, I don't know. It'd have to be just come down the fitness and she looks pretty fit right now. She has stay power also. Cause she got like seventh in Abu Dhabi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I could see her for that podium spot. I, I kind of like her for that third spot. Yep. I had her as my fourth female. Third. So I still get my third. Mm-hmm. Yep. So uh, thank you. I would have been perfectly happy. I was going to take her or the other one. Whichever you didn't take, I was getting here. So Who are you taking? Rose. Rose, obviously. I've got... Rose, I've got Rose. <laughs> all right, so how's it? She showed up on? all last year. She did. Yep, she showed up all last year, and now she's been down in Mexico. And what do you do when you can't run mountains? You play with run some fast. speed. You run so she had all off season in Colorado and wherever else, and now she's down there sharpening up. I just think. She's not over the hill yet. She had one of her best seasons last year, and this is a good course for her, I, I believe. So give me yeah. a rose. Nice. All right. This right here, I think, is going to be my hardest pick of the draft. Because if I'm going to count here, people on the board. I have one, two, three, four, five, six men. 
who I believe can all go top three in this race. <laughs> I know. So regardless of what I pick, two of them are going to be left for me after this. So I'm going to roll the big old dice here. You ready for this? Yeah. That's it. Ryan Kent. Oh, nice. Smart move. I was hoping he'd la- I was hoping he'd hang around. There are Were you so- going to pick him next, Rich? Because I was taking him next if he was there. Because my, uh, I no, I wasn't going to take him next, but I would have oh. on the way back. Like just because my reasons. draft got screwed up. First and foremost, he's my boy. Yeah, I love me some Ryan Kent. Favorite second of, of all, fan favorite on this podcast. He is monster fit right now, and I don't believe people realize how running fit he is. He's running volume. At Rich altitude. and I know. <laughs> you two know. Yeah, I'm talking to two Coloradoans here. And third of all, the last time we saw him. The last two times we saw him, he made podiums. And the last time we saw him on a course like this was San Jose. And he was the class of the field other than Woods. Woods dropped the field. He dropped the field behind Woods. Hmm. And this is going to be less hilly. And he is, I don't think there's a weakness in his game. The only weakness you could say is that he's rusty. But this is the first race of the season. So I think he's that not, negates it for most he's not people. Race rusty though. He's Spartan rusty, but he knows, you know, he's he's been against everybody in US yeah. championship for high rocks and deca. And he has like a he, body of work. Yeah. I didn't race for almost a year and I came back and I had a terrible race, but I could obstacle smooth just fine. Like that doesn't go away. Yeah. Ryan Kent. Mm. Like it. Like I'm, I'm gonna be pulling for him. This is going to be a male heavy draft because there are still five guys, six guys who could all maybe even win the race. Yeah. Kent could get second. He could get 10th. Yeah. You know, there are four guys who I think would be smart money to push for the win still. I I ended up picking Ryan third, Ryan Kent third on the podcast with uh, Nicole and Matt, which should be coming out soon. Spoiler. I fully believe in him. <sighs> yeah, good pick. Good pick. All right. It's coming back to me. I'm taking Renee Metivier. Woo! I wanted I wanted to, to have her on my squad. So looking at this course, if there's a course where she's gonna do well, it's this one. Like yeah. dry obstacles, fast running. It's cross country. We talked about it before and wasn't she like cross country all American? Did she win cross country? Like, wasn't she? Like, how good at cross country was she in? in Col- I mean, that was several years ago for her, but collegiate cross country athlete at Colorado was like, I thought she was all American or something. I don't I'm know. Pretty sure she was. Yeah. She yeah. certainly didn't win nationals, but I think she was all American. Yeah. She told me that she's also in current fitness where she's going to go after some masters track uh, world records this year. So <laughs> she's, so, she's fit. So Jack, when you would take her last year, you'd talk her up. You get excited about the fast runners coming over and you want them to do well. And often they don't. Yeah. So when you were taking the last year, I was like, good. Like, this is not going to work out for Jack. So, and that makes me happy. But she's back for a second year. So it means mm-hmm. that she either cares about this has or has been practicing for this. Just that seeing her name back on this and that she didn't start to head to a different endeavors makes me think that she's put in some work here. So... And if and if she did, this is the race where it's gonna gonna play out. And with a a field that's not super deep on the women's side, I could see her sliding right into that podium spot. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Just because she hasn't doesn't mean she won't. Mm-hmm. I also am excited again by your pick because it doesn't tap into who I have ranked here. And I think I'm going to be sitting pretty three picks from now, guys. So keep doing your thing. This is really tough because there are some good names on the board. There's I am actually, studs on the board. I am actually. We have two world champions on the board. Yep. I'm actually going to go kind of a surprise. Hunter McIntyre. Oh, let's go. The hybrid athletes are off the board. Here's yep. the deal. Hunter, in any other year that the U.S. National Series was coming to California, would be an odds-on favorite to go top two. He is yep. historically maybe the top two or three ranked athlete, male or female, in this field. However, he might have done irreparable change to his body He's so over big. the last two years. <laughs> He's yacked. He might have gotten to a point for the first time ever where his trail running will not live up to what it has been. He's always been the outlier runner who can run with anyone in the sport, no matter how big he looks. Yep. And he might have finally like jumped the shark. He He's looking leaner in some of his videos, though. But he's so far removed from his true... He's not 190 pounds anymore. He's... Still, and I'm yeah. less concerned about his weight, but his true mountain and trail training. Like, I think he finally lost touch with that top-end running. I hope I'm wrong because yeah. I love me some Hunter, but it's crazy that for the first time ever, he's he'd be picked in the fourth round, and it might be a reach. Yeah. Well, you got to realize with that High Rocks event, I, his timing chip fell off. I went back through the video, just kind of did some splits. Ryan Kent was running in the low 340s. Hunter was consistently in the mid to upper 340s. So he's not too far behind there. He's You know he's going to put his nose in the competition um, I know he's not as fast as some of the best pure runners anymore, like you just addressed, but Hunter has never finished worse than fifth. I know that the field is a lot deeper these days, but he he is just one of those people, just like Atkins or Lindsay. It doesn't matter. He's going to find his way in the front of the pack at some point in the race. A couple heavy carries late in the race. I don't know. And he's historically done really well in California, I, mm-hmm. I'm willing to gamble on him because and you should he could be. win. He could get 12th. I don't think he'll get 12th. I I think he'll probably be about fifth. Um, but I'm not disappointed having Hunter, even though it's uh, it might be a reach in some people's eyes. When was his last? When was the last time he ran a Spartan race? 2017 Tahoe. <laughs> so like, yeah, I mean while. that's your comparison with Atkins and Lindsay is just like out the window right there. It's like I get it. it it's. I mean, for the sake of the sport, like I like Hunter. I hope he does well. He's going to be competitive. I know it. But for the sake of the sport, I hope that he doesn't get top five just because of all these other athletes who are dedicated to the sport that it would, that would just be insane. It would be still doing like 15 plus hours a week of training. And he's been doing that this whole time. It's not like he's just been. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't change the fact that the guy couldn't break 20 in a 5k. We'll see how it goes. Where would you guys have picked Hunter? I had him in tier four. I wanted someone to pick him so that I didn't have to make a hard choice. I would have taken him with a wild card. I I didn't think he would get back to me at the end of round six. That's the only reason I took him here. I wouldn't have taken him there. Me neither. He's a he's a he's a tremendous unknown though, right? Like he's somebody that has done it. He could do real well. He's never not done it. 
Right. He's never not done it. That's the thing. That's the he, thing. he ran away from Batris and Hobie and Woods and all the fast guys at that Tough Mudder championship, the 10 mile. You know, he's got speed. I, yeah. I, I know. But yeah. I, I, I just think he always surprises people with his ability. And you need, you need this, the stats haven't, they need adjustment. They need new data points for this. I got it. Stats I got are it. in your head. Like they're, they're, well, we'll yeah. see. I'm, I'm over here talking shit. He's probably going to crush. Yep. I believe in you, Hunter. All right. Um, <laughs> I'll yeah. never doubt the man. Yeah. But if I had to guess, my guess is he is a step behind the current runners now. Yeah. And that's unfortunate. We'll see. We know that that 60 minute time domain, if it's in there, he's as good as it gets. But true. Yep. Anyway, uh, my next pick, I'm going Alex Walker. All right. Um, feel like she's the best woman remaining. She had a couple posts. Podiums last year, consistently fighting for you know third, third through fifth at all these big races, and I don't know. I, I feel like really good value pick at this point. Can't go wrong with that pick. Yeah, just a matter of, of how her running's coming along. I mean, she's getting she's been getting faster and faster every year, so she can stick her nose in it and hang around. It's yeah, early, she's, early in the year, so she's, yeah, she's race ready because she did, she went down to Jacksonville, did that. Yeah, now, Rich, how many torque athletes have you chosen? I don't have any torque athletes yet. Oof. I was, okay. I was just curious. An insult. I don't mean anything by that. I'll start, they're going to start Listen, flying. I off know the board. you believe in them. I know it. No matter Listen. what you may, you know, show with your front facing appearance and, <laughs> and picks, I believe you believe in them. This is what happened at Abu Dhabi last year. I was like, torque, 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 torque. And then, like, I, after the fact, I realized it wouldn't work that you guys used it against me. And now I'm playing to win. Well, plus I did that call with them beforehand and gave them just like the worst advice. Horrible advice. Yeah. Yeah, It was a long con. Don't worry. Yeah. It worked out. Um, Don't worry about gators. (laughs) Sand's no problem. Just go out hot. It's going to be cold. Yeah. I'm going to literally said, don't worry about gators. You did. did. And I've heard mixed things about the, the, the sand situation from that. So I'm going to take Ariel Fitzgerald here. Okay. With this women's field, she seems like one of the ones that the top remaining athletes left. She's always kind of in that mix from like five to eight. You know, we'll see how her, her fitness kind of keeps popping up. And there's just big a ceiling. Flood, big ceiling. So uh, I feel very solid. It's going to be a good scoring spot. I can't argue with it other than that the best female remaining who's getting just dumped on here is Chris Roglowski. Lock her in for me, Jack. All right, solid pick. Third place, OCR Worlds. Current top one or two in several decas. One, she was a stud in her high rocks, took second to Ida in Savage, and has hundred mile endurance. The one thing, the one thing you didn't mention, is a Spartan race. No. She got to show me. No, she, my, her other body of work tells me she can do this. She hangs with Alex Walker in the local races. She's placed top 10 at West Virginia before she's, she's done it. She just doesn't do as many Spartan races. My, yeah. My worry is that what happened in Savage is where there was a fast runner in the field and she wasn't even engaged. Yeah. She truly wasn't in that race. And I agree. So that's, I'm glad she got it out of the way so she can just, 
just rip it up this week for start, me. Start start crushing. Yeah, if she sticks her nose in and just sees, but that'd be the thing, right? Like, but do do you anticipate? So say like five women go out. Do you anticipate her to be like let them go, or to stick her nose in that? Like, my is she going to be fighting lets, for six? My hope is she lets the rubber band stretch and not snap, and then starts rolling. That is my hope for her. I. I'd love to see her insert herself into the race and find a new level of her racing. I think she has that capability and she needs a, a mental breakout race. She's had physical breakout races. I'd love to see her go outside her comfort zone a little bit. That's the beauty of having massive endurance is that you can take a little chance early on and have a little bit of a safety net there. And I'd love to see her use that. She said on your podcast she races at like 85, 90% all the time. So, yeah, like, she's a four fifths racer. Yeah. I, I'd love to see her take it, roll the dice one time. That's the thing. That's the thing. Like, there's not going to be obstacles that's going to help bring her back into this. Like, it's she's going to gotta have to get, get there to she won't fade. She won't fade, but but will we'll that see. get her eighth? Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We if she's outside the top five, I will be shocked. Okay, all right. shocked if she's outside the top. Four, I'll be shocked. You'd be shocked outside I'm the honest. top four. Yeah, really. Yeah, you, you, I shouldn't say shocked. <laughs> outside the top five, I'll be shocked. I think that she is going to be between third and fourth. I have wow. her six seven. Yeah. Um. But was All that right. your? Are we coming back, Bracken? You have another one. Yeah. <laughs> All my guys are still there. It's crazy. They're, it's like hard to know what to do with the, with the dudes. I I mean, he just described me out on the town. <laughs> I don't know what to do here. Uh, let's see. One, two. <laughs> there are like 12 good guys. Oh, I think I'm just going to go with speed kills. And experience, and this guy is due. I'm going to take Mark Botris. All right. I don't dislike that pick. I dislike that I still haven't been able to say Josiah or Lars or Kirk or Godette or Broadbent or Johnny. Like, there's just so much there for us. Eighth round pick for some of those guys. Someone's going to be picked in the seventh, eighth round pick that is going to make the top three podium. We're going to run out of picks. We're going to like yeah. legitimately keep in mind. You get five men, five women and a wild okay. card at the end. What are we at here? We have to fill up both genders before. Correct. What, wild what are we saying? Uh, that I, was you your, scroll you down. Have, Jeff? You have three and three Bracken. You have two more of each. Oh, right here. Balanced approach. Nice. Well, Batris is, I mean, it's like a home turf type of thing. We know he does well in these Southern California style races. It's home to him. He did well at Asheville where he's third off of mm-hmm. zero hours no of sleep. sleep. Yeah. He did um, really well in West Virginia until he faded, but mm-hmm. he had 30 minutes or 40 minutes, 50 minutes of race in him, and that's all he's going to need. He didn't race particularly well in LA. I think he got fourth there this season. Um, so it's early in the season coming off of a couple ultras. That's the one thing that might give me pause on like where his, hair. where his, where his preparation is, right. He probably had to take yeah. an extended break. Um, but just based off of his years and years of training yeah. and skill and speed as an athlete, like he could be on the podium. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Much. So I'm taking Josiah here. Yeah. You it's said shocking. You do it the other I said I was going to do it and I'm doing it. 
Yeah, I could have the I could have the podium right. I have VJ Atkins and Josiah. So like I Yeah. <laughs> seriously. Could have the but like we saw him do well at the beast distance for or was that a beast in no, that was a super in Big Bear, right? Big Bear. So similar to that, I mean he took it he took it out hard. That was a much hillier course, but we saw him do well in Jacksonville, where it was flat and sloppy and nasty and, and early in the season, right? So he's his fitness seems like it's always going to be present. Um, no tire flip, dry obstacles. Now, if we're going by this is the course for the runners to establish themselves, who has a better body of running work on the men's side than him and trail running? It's a great pick. Yeah, yeah This would have been a great pick. He, he was going to be one of my two. If didn't. Two rounds ago, three mm-hmm. rounds ago. 100%. 100%. Just, they're just lasting. So, yeah, he was – okay. If you look at the third round, do we believe either of those three are potential winners? Which third – the ones that we just – what are you saying? Round three. Hawk, Ida, Rose. Does anyone Hawk, is anyone giving them serious potential? Maybe, Hawk? No. Josiah might have a higher chance to win than anyone we've taken in the last three rounds. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. It's a, that's what we talked about in the preview, though, right? It's like – He's run a lot of races, <laughs> you know, but he also would know what to do in something like this. Like this type of competition in the front isn't, he's not going to be phased by the jockeying and uh, the experience. So yeah, we'll see. This is re- really tough. Cause there are some, oh, sorry, my boss is calling, but I'm just going to ignore that. Cause I'm rich. Do you have the boss? Yeah. No boss. Bracken you? No boss. No man. It's just mm-hmm. me. I'm ignoring Same. him. So that's how I roll. Um, Let's see. Oh, there are some good names on the board still. That for my friends. <laughs> I can't see you guys because I'm looking at the screen. So um, let's go, Kirk DeWint. I'm stealing. Right. I know you guys want him. He was in contention uh, up until when he missed his um, his spear in Jacksonville. And according to Nick Riker, who saw him in person, he's like, he's not lying. He's stupid fit right now. So when when was the last like time Kirk dancing. didn't look stupid fit? Kirk, Kirk's always looking fit. That's true. I mean, don't Kirk forget has a bigger fit. base than he's ever had right now. And, yeah. I, and since he's been in the sport, he has a big he has better staying power than he's ever had. Yeah. And Are you, Jack's just trying to piss me off. Hey, you had all the chances in the world. You thought Mark Batras was a better pick than Kirk with your last pick. So. I thought you were going to take Kirk with that pick. Don't you yeah, dare put words in my mouth. <laughs> um. Then, oh man, I am torn on these people. But I think with the flat and fast, I'm going with Mark Gaudet. All right. Representing Colorado Springs. So, yeah. I I mean, he, he wasn't too far back of VJ um, when VJ set that fastest yeah. ever super record. And he's just a little slower on the obstacles, but his running fitness right now, he did that, um, the lumberjack workout about a week ago. I hope, I mean, it doesn't matter with him. He's got so much volume anyway, but he's fit right now. He was my, I was going to take him or Botrus, and I took him, hoping he'd drop to me because I knew Josiah would go next. Yeah. And I was hoping that someone else would go. So I can't argue with, with either of those picks. And it's Kirk's the same one. Has yeah. he had a podium yet? No. no. Fourth. Does everyone times. expect him to break through at some point? Yes. Yep. And he was on antibiotics going into Jacksonville. And he, on Thursday, was still 
on Thursday called me and said, Hey, would you still pull the trigger? Like that's how he was feeling when he gets a, uh, an infection, like he right away, like his immune system still dating back to his black mold in college is, is just not good. And so he gets rocked by things. So Jacksonville was him not at full capacity. We just need to see him there. He just has to put one together. You just I know like, it's coming. Yeah. The last time that that's been, has, it like, has there been a race that he can point to where, where like Jacksonville he's, 19? He's had two fourths. Yeah. yeah. Well, like, because even like, it always seems like there's something that then unfolds itself down the road. It's like, oh, actually, I had a stress fracture or something. He's always know? has something. He, yeah. he hasn't been 100% healthy and fit at the same time since entering the sport. And this is a maybe for this race. This is as close as it's been. <laughs> yeah. Other yeah. than his knee, which probably needs surgery. <laughs> so, <laughs> there's always something. Rub a little I believe on in it. Kirk. We all do. Stop it. All right, Rich. Do your worst. Lord, this is now this there is, are a lot of good names. There are some freaking names out here. Um I am truly unprepared for this pick. Because there are just so many names that could be I have three, so you can't possibly take all three. So whoever you take, I'm just firing rapid fire right after you. So just do it. Do it to me. <laughs> Give me Logan. Yeah. That was my next rank. Yeah, this course for Logan is like, okay. Like Logan has good speed. He's like a good climber. There's no tire, which is huge actually. Because mm-hmm. like, he's like just hasn't. Bit, hasn't been able to do the tire. He's slight you either stature. want no tire or an impossible tire with Logan. Right. <laughs> like Jacksonville with the impossible yeah. tire. And he's just like, nah, screw that. And everybody else tried it. Um, yeah. It's early in the season for him. His fitness is like, okay. He's always like pretty fit. Like I think he's, he's one of those guys that's always like a little bit ready to, to, to put it together at any point. So it's just a matter of like, how his health is holding up, but he was our breakout performer last year, the OCR awards the okras so see if he can put another great season together and then like he started off on fire last year so early season he he comes with it all right back to back rock i'm taking lars yeah okay and glenn glenn is on fire this year I mean, this is a course made for Glenn Rays. Yep. It is. Did you try giving me Johnny Luna Lima? I, I saw his name when I scrolled up, and that was what. Speaking of head. which, we have Johnny, Aaron, and Angel sitting here. <laughs> I know. No, I mean, this just speaks to the level of this sport right now. That if anyone has even one question mark about them, <laughs> they they plummet. And there's one guy left. So. Yeah. What do you mean? Almost not getting picked. Oh, nice! You guys have all the dude. You guys picked all your dudes. Great. All the dudes. Great. Yeah. Great. But Great. Here, you, get, go, you get whoever you want. Go over Glenn real quick because he's he's in his early forties and hasn't really raced on the circuit besides Big Bear last year. That was his first time in like four years or so. Um, Glenn spent the last two to three years working on ultras, thinking that was going to be his game, and then he kind of just rediscovered his love for fast. And he's still fast. He's still a sub 16 guy. Yeah. And yeah. he's been hanging with these guys in the sprints and the supers. And this is a good terrain for him. And what Glenn has, he has two things. 
I, I should say three. He's not afraid to go out too fast. He's gonna he's gonna get up in it. He's not, he's also has the experience. He's not gonna panic if he's in fifteenth place a mile in, and he's super gritty. He doesn't. He's one of those people that doesn't change his race strategy depending on his position. He's just gonna peg it the whole time, and I think that's gonna be a key skill. That's why I took him here over some other people is because whether he's in 12th or 5th with a mile to go, he's going to be bringing it home and there are going to be some positions to be had in the last mile or two of this. And I think Glenn's going to be going Pac-Man at the end of this and just omping people up. I believe he's one of only like five or six people who have three top 10 finishes at Tahoe or Spartan World Championship ever on the men's side. People don't realize how good he's been throughout his career. So I'm excited to see him. Even if he's, you know, a few years past his prime, he can still throw down. Yeah, familiar terrain. But Bracken, this is like one of those LeBron picks that you have where like LeBron's jam, he picks the guys that were balling back when he was balling. Mm-hmm. And these work out for him. Him and Kent. <laughs> Glenn is yeah. one of those guys, though, and I think it starts to matter at this point. He's not shop-worn. Like he's, he's a young 40. What is he? 40, 41, probably. Yeah. 41. He's young with that because he didn't grow up running. Mm. He didn't oh, even really? pick up running until like as a, as a hobby at late college in like in, when he was in grad school, he started running. Wow. And it he's was just like, fast. it was just a random kind of like put it all together myself and he's just progressed late. So he's, he he's 41, but he's, he's in, I don't know, just post collegiate in terms of his running history. So he's not going to have a severe drop-off like some of these other athletes you see who have been running for 30 years, 40 years. Yep. Compelling case. All right. I'm going to take uh, Miranda here, Miranda Kopinski. Mm. I was hoping she would drop to me. I had two women left who I thought were more suited for what we're about to see. She was one of them. Yeah, I mean, she's fast. It's a good distance, like the super. Like the beast distance is something that she's going to have to progress into. As she's also just a new endurance athlete. She stuck her nose right in it with Ida, but just kind of the obstacles got her a little bit by the end of that savage race. That was really it. Like she's not a super tall athlete, so the savage obstacles are kind of hard. Um, but yeah, like that's not technical. She was sixth, I think, in Asheville, right? Sixth or seventh in Asheville, mm-hmm. so she's a top ten there. She's pushed a lot of chips into OCR this season, so this is a good kicking off for her. So, and she looked good at mm-hmm. Savage. Savage, yeah. Her her stride even looked better than the the time I saw her race last year. I think she has some untapped talent, and I think as oh, yeah. as as it keeps as the season progresses and as she learns more about the sport, I think she's going to be really hard to deal with on the course. I agree. She led the world in podiums last year, so it's another thing just proving she's only at the beginning of her uh, of her improvement. Yep. All right. Jack. So back to back me, I've got to pick women for both of them. Um, I think at this point, I'm going to go Hannah Holmes in round eight. Do you know about her? I know she's on the dream team. I don't know much else about her. Whenever Jack okay. asks, do you two know about her? He's about to, he's about to get up to the pulpit. No, no, I, I was just, just <laughs> you guys know if... about her. Oh, I'm totally yeah. unprepared. Allow me. <laughs> yeah. No, no, she she uh, is on the dream team. Like Rich said, ran in college. Um, was sitting in top five at OCR Worlds before her shoe came off in the mud, and then just kind of fell apart after that. But 
Um, she did the Colorado Springs race last year and she ended up beating like Ashley Heller, I think Rose even in, in that race. Cause Ray won both days. Um, so flat and fast. She, and she has, uh, some guidance from Nicole this year. You saw how everybody on the dream team did. So I like your chances of doing well. Um, and then my second pick, I'm going Ashley O'Hara. Hmm. I think whenever she steps in the course, um, you saw her in Big Bear that she was, you know, right up there early on. She's not a great descender, um, but she's fast. And she got fourth in Jacksonville. She was in like a third place battle with Rose basically all race until the end. Um, and I don't know, I just like her, her potential and her performances in the past a lot. So Ashley O'Hara is my pick. Okay. Rich. Okay. You're even. Two more picks. Right. And your yeah. guys are still one safe, on one, I suppose, because <laughs> we can't take them. Can't take them. Yep. So <laughs> you're I'm in going, a nice spot. I'm going female here. Um, Full strategy. We're going torque, baby. Let me get Lacey Burgess. Yeah. Now she is coming off of ACL surgery. <laughs> So ACL repair surgery, this will be her first race back, but like we talked about, uh, we mentioned it briefly in the preview. She's pretty fit still. I mean, she ran, what, what, what was it, Jack? 125 or something for yeah, like a 126, um, 126 for, for road half. <laughs> yeah. And that was she's in fit. Austin also. Mm -hmm. uh, so she's pretty fit coming off of it. I mean, her grip strength is going to be great. She's a good climber. This is going to be a matter of how confident she is. Hitting the the downhills, I think, is going to be important. Just kind of getting that the, the race legs back under her. But where did you uh, say that half was, Jack? Austin. Why does that matter? Uh, it had some rolling hills instead of being oh, like they, a, they, a they found a little bit of, or something. Yeah, a little bit of hilly. Nice. Yeah. First half is flat. Second half is where it happens. So yeah. No similar course setup. Mm. Maybe she'll finish in one twenty five. Really help Rich out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm, I'm excited to have so There's a lot of options here, but I'm going to take Ms. Uh, I don't take worse than eighth place in U.S. National Series. Faye Morgan. I was going to give her, I, I was going to take her, but I was like, this is this is Bracken's girl. <laughs> I don't Always know if rules. I like that that phrase <laughs> as a happily married man, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I do like to roll with her as an athlete. <laughs> and then I'm going to round it out with, I feel like, her counterpart, which is uh, Casey Monroe. Uh, I, yeah. was, I always lump like, those two together in my mind. I don't know how she lasted this long. Um, I honestly probably should have picked her, but she has a huge track record of doing well. I mean, she was like fifth or sixth in like every U.S. National Series race she ran yeah. last year. Again, it's health. She had a couple races earlier this year that where she was beat by some athletes that I didn't think she should be beat by. So I don't know where she is currently. And to be clear, I had no, like, I didn't put them in a special order. They shouldn't take any yeah. chips off that. I just went. One was listed back above back the other, and I was going to take them both. Yeah. All right, so that rounds out Bracken's 10 until the wild card round. So, Rich, you are up. You have to pick uh, a guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, there are some men left here. My goodness. There are. But I want Nick Mask. Oh, he was gonna be my wild card. Wild card? Nope. That's why. I, that's why I wasn't gonna pick. I was like, okay, okay. I he's lesser known to the general audience. So give us a little, little athlete breakdown here. So Nick is 
pretty new to the sport. He didn't get a tremendous chance to race last year, but like the past two years, he's raced the Seattle beast and has won and has been good competition last year. He mm-hmm. beat uh, Chris Bob Brown at the Seattle beast. I think that was Aaron. awful. And it beat Aaron the year before that when Aaron was at like peak shape, kind of like, nasty at the time. Yeah. Really nasty at the time. Uh, Nick is really talented runner, uh, collegiate steepler, and he's just kind of getting into the mix of this sport. He didn't do, he's has one or two East coast races where he hasn't done really that well in, um, West Virginia, West Virginia didn't go particularly well for him, but this course terrain, I mean, he's confident. He's super tough. He has like a reduced workload from a career standpoint. So he's been able to kind of really push in his chips for uh, training this season. Is he torque? Historic. And that, that means I, something these days. Means something. I got, I got my torque athletes after you mentioned it. I had a plan. Don't worry. <laughs> I had a plan, which was save them for last. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think he's going to do great. I mean, he he's like I said, super tough. He's been hitting, committed to this sport, so I'm excited. He's part of the development team this year, which I was happy he was able to get onto that. Shouts to the power rankings, I guess. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward. So he could be someone that could finish in that top. He'd be like five to seven, and people would be like, "I have no idea who this person is." In this deep of a field, also, this, yeah, for sure. I, like, it would be I, he'll be he'll be in the mix. No one's running away from him. I so give a uh, question about this Jack Bauer development squad. Yeah, well, I, I wasn't. There are multiple the people squad. in their forties on that squad, and there's a Johnny Luna Lima who's already had multiple national series titles. Can you be on a development squad if you're almost a senior citizen, or if you're already <laughs> one of the best people in the world? Yeah, I, I wasn't in charge of the development squad. I was in charge of getting the tiers. And then that, you know, I wasn't in charge of uh, coming up with like what benefits athletes get. It was just what criteria gets you there for the development squad. It was more, you know, we just want we just wanted people who have huge potential and stuff to stick around and who who's had great performances in the past. Um, Feels like the flex I, slot. I, I think the the wording needs some rebranding. Squad it's not is, the farm team, though. No, I, I think the word development was a bad choice there. So what I think s- happened is there was an internal Spartan memo that said "in development," and someone else was like, "Oh, it's a development squad," and they <laughs> yeah. just named it. And because no one has any oversight, it just went through. Could have happened, but no. I, Rich, I, I cut, and I apologize. I was saying some of the athletes are like like a Nick Fitzpakowski. I think is a good. There are some people Cali who should be on the I think team. should be on in the farm team. But yeah, the, it seems like there's some other, like like Mick Jarello's on it. It's like, <laughs> I wonder if we can develop him into something good. <laughs> yeah. I wonder Congrats. if Johnny will turn out to be something someday. Like, check out this development team. It's working. Matt Rock. You know, he's a, he's a, he's a spring chicken. Let's get him <laughs> on the development team. Yeah. Matt Rock would do well also here. He's good. But, yeah. Still available. Yep. All right. So last pick is me and i have to pick a woman um i think oh man which one of these two prop i think i'll go with ashley heller at this point that's um, who i would have taken for you jack that's who you would have gone with yeah yeah I, I think ashley's proven it time and time again she kind of fluctuates every once in a while but she her ceiling is really high uh, when she puts it together and it was either her or Amanda Nadeau who's making a comeback, um, but I think mm-hmm. Ashley Heller is the uh, the the better choice in this case. Um, for wild card, Jack. Do you go first for wild card? That's how it was set up. All 
all last year. It was just okay. bounced back from from there. Still so. snakes. That's fine. Yep. Um. Oh, I'm gonna have to go with Johnny. Yeah, not so wild out. He's too. Yet. He's too good to like not get chosen. Here's the wild part. <laughs> he might finish 18th. We've picked. I picked him first overall in a draft last year. Yeah. Did you? Yeah. Yeah, Utah. Which one? Utah. Dang. Let's, let's Not first see. overall. He was my first pick. Right. Oh, okay. I, I, I guess that was like, the wrong sheet. But I remember what we were saying. It's like, we think that Johnny's going to win. <laughs> yep. Pretty crazy. I I mean, he, he got 14th in uh, Alabama a couple of years ago and then ended up winning a race or two races later that season. So it's like just all over the place. We don't know what he's been doing the past couple of years. Hasn't had a ton of race confidence. But guess what? If we see Johnny 2019 version, getting him as the 31st pick in this draft is just stupid. So I'd be dumb not to take him. Yeah, it's too bad you can't keep a wild card as a as a keeper. But yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because realistically, Johnny had some things to work on. I think headspace and physical preparation. I think he had to get a little locked in, get back to his killer self, get some of that underdog feeling in his mind back. Cause that's when he was dangerous. Yep. I think that success was a different mindset to be in being the chased rather than the chaser. And he had some work to put, to put in, to get back to that. If the work's in, he's a first round pick. Yep. If the work's not complete, he's a few races away from it. So he's, I mean, this is hugely disrespectful to Johnny that we let him slide this far. Yeah, it it really is disrespectful, and it speaks to the quality of the field. Yeah. Right. It's like where do you where, like I guess maybe in the later rounds, maybe I could have slid him in there, but it, it's kind of t- it's kind of roll the dice. We don't know. Yep. He's a wild card here. All right, Rich, who are you going with? I'm gonna go with Angel. Oh come on, he's mine, and you know I, this, Richard. I do know that. I let you have Faye. I'm taking Angel. Oh, always gets man. overlooked, but he's consistently in that you know five to ten range. A couple times he's podiumed, solid how, pick. And how he he does well on these California races. I mean, he was oh, yeah. third at Tahoe just last year. Typically, he'll be at Monterey. When has he had his good races at U.S. National Series? Like second Big Bear uh, at the NBC days. He's always a force. He got second behind Cody Moat, or uh, maybe third behind Killian and Cody Moat. Utah. Um, he was. Second or third in the beast one year? He he's yeah, that's elevation mountain courses, but the guy's got wheels also for flat courses and well that made my choice a lot harder here because he I was fully locked in. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. This this is the person we collectively think will finish 18th on the men's side, which is just laughable in, in a normal. I don't think that's what we're saying. We've picked 17 guys before. I think you're playing the odds in each round. If I had to put all these people in a race, I would expect Aaron Newell to win. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the only way I can <laughs> I can solve this. If this was the field showing up, I would take Aaron. So give me Aaron. That's a good way to buy it. That, however, because that's not what's going to happen, Aaron might be willing to mix it up early. And some of these guys are going to run a more strategic race and beat him by a lot. Or maybe it's going to work out this exact same way. So I'm not even saying that's good logic, but. How crazy is it? 
on uh aaron double podiumed at the race we began this uh podcast about savage race if it was a spartan i would have given it more credit yep yeah but Uh, the made up ground a lot yeah the obstacles played into it yeah yeah he kind of fell back and kind of made his way back uh, up which could happen here too good yeah i mean he's gonna stick his nose in it he's a dog yeah he's he's gonna go out and hurt we know that (laughs) that's for sure yeah and like it makes sense just taking a like the men's field is just so wide open from third to 18th <laughs> that, you know, Aaron could finish 18th. He could finish seventh, you know? So like mm-hmm. that's a, all of our wild card picks. Are, I wouldn't be surprised if all of our wild picks, wild card picks score. Look at, yeah. Like Brent trail crap ton of podium, super fast. Um, Jesse Bruce, I mean, he's one of the best in Canada and has been for basically a decade. That's, yeah, Jesse Bruce. If it was any steeper, I would have picked him relatively early. Yeah. I just, Josh I Pratt, haven't like, personally raced him on a flatter course, so I don't know what he does there. That's a good point. I don't know either. But like, yeah, thinking he would get, because I think he was 14th at Abu Dhabi. Yeah. He was 13th. four minutes behind Atkins <laughs> at Blue Mountain in the Beast. Yeah. Yeah. Beating, if this was any other race in the series, I would have yeah. drafted him. Yeah. Josh, Josh Fry, Fry. That's right. animal this year. So yep. He got sixth at uh, Tahoe last Tahoe. year. I think he was fifth because I picked him. Um, was he? He might have been fifth. Yeah. Leon, universally respected, is one of the best short course racers. He's not rusty. He's done a couple races this year, hanging with the, the uh, some of the best in the sport. Matt I would Rock. have picked him had I not had a phone call with him yesterday. Oh, really? <laughs> he not, just talked about how he's running and just doesn't. No, I'm, I'm impressed with him, but – his his recovery from injury his his legs still not 100% uh-huh. yeah and his his training hasn't been able to be where it should be so but yeah name recognition leon he still got eighth place at ocr worlds in the 3k where like nobody he's like oh i'm just gonna like walk the course it's like no you didn't he still crushed it so i wouldn't be surprised if he sneaks in there matt rock um just always he, he's a just a very tough competitor to mm-hmm. and he'll put his uh nose in contention michael suazo He's just improved so much on the East Coast. Um, Oliver Evans, he trains with Hunter, and he got right around 10th at Big Bear. Jacob Klinker, you know that he's improved a ton. Um, he had a couple low teens finishes. Um, the other athlete from Mexico who's making a trip, Emmanuel Sierra Camacho, he was uh, right around 10th at Tahoe, and he consistently podiums in Mexico. So Klinker be, could uh, be a break. He could he could do what Josh Fry did last year in Tahoe. He could be, he could be one of those people that's taken another leap forward. Yeah. For sure. Another year at out. Al- he's one in Boulder, right? Yeah. Yeah. Another year at altitude, depending on how training's going. Yep. Yeah. Alicia, yep. Amanda, Kayla, Emily, Aaron. Easily they're, to finish around 10th. They're all, they could be that like six through 15 and you just yeah. like pick one. And they're Man- all Amanda good. Got six to Tahoe before. Yeah, Amanda's really good. Yeah, and Alicia should she's poised to have a really good year this year. They should keep her. So I think that, yeah, and like for more these the last couple of picks that we had on the female side, like there's no doubt that they would be in that mix. Casey Monroe was like the last woman, or Alex Walker and uh, sorry Ashley Heller and Casey Monroe were the last two picked. That's crazy, but yeah. that's how the chips fell. Let's do a recap. Let's look at these teams. Bracken, here's your team. Want to read it out? On the female side, we have Emma, Rose, Chris Roglowski, Faye Morgan, Casey Monroe. 
I again, I'm going to be surprised if Emma, Rose, and Chris are not all three in the top five. Emma, obviously, I'm more of a Chris believer than the two of you are. It very and well I'm gonna, could I'm be. I'm going to send her these clips because I need her getting out <laughs> oh, after it. Well, if I you mean, look at Chris it, is without without a doubt one of the top ten or so women in the world, in my opinion. Like, if you look at her overall body of work, I just don't think that she has the foot speed right now to hang with but Emma or amazing. Rose or Alex Walker, Ida, Lindsay. So I, I think she'll probably be in like that six to eight range, but which is still a fantastic finish with this field. Offense meant. Yeah. The, uh, I, but when you look at it, our top picks, you got to pencil Lindsay in for a top five. And then I don't know on, on my side, like Ida probably. So yeah, I, I, it's not, when you said that at first, you're like, yeah, you, you would be surprised if Chris wasn't top five. I was kind of like, yeah, but looking at it now, like realistically, she could very well end up there. And, and I think she, we have some recency bias towards the other women in Spartan because Chris hasn't shown it in Spartan, but she just made a world podium at OCR Worlds. And right. I mean, yeah. she beat Rose. Yeah. So then on the men, Rylan, Ryan Kent, Mark Botris, Glenn, Aaron Newell. I have a little bit less big name star power, but if and you Lars. take a look. What did you say? You didn't mention and Lars. Oh, we, we didn't even talk about Lars because. Yeah, this will be the first time I think we haven't seen him on like a super steep course. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm so I'm interested to see how he translates over. But Same. if you look at our preseason awards, Emma, Rylan, Rose, Kent, Roglowski, Botris, did Lars receive a vote? <laughs> I think all six of yours got him. So I have six, maybe seven preseason, preseason award nine. winners. Yeah. So, mm. I mean, if. Some of them may not have been on a course like this, but the fact is that like the pedigree is there and it's first race of the season. That's the big thing. This is all guesswork right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is all guesswork. Solid callback to the preseason awards though. Thank you. So if I had to guess, I think I'm going to be looking at. I'm going to be scoring right around 30 points. <laughs> okay. I don't think that happened all last year. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think 32 is about (laughs) You're going to throw up like a 60 spot. (laughs) Like your your guys are like. Boom or bust. Yeah. It's very unpredictable what's going to happen there. I think Kent will be top five. I think Rylan. I could have the podium and I could have no one in the top five. Yeah. Yes. Like Batras could be third. He could be 13th. I think you're going to have five women, two men scoring. Can you send me that clip afterwards, Rich, just in case? Okay, gotcha. For your top seven, yeah. Uh, I'm taking anything I can to to discredit Jack's prowess. That's fine. <laughs> this is early. We don't know anything. You just said it a minute ago. I didn't say I don't know anything. I'm saying we're speculating. Gotcha. All right. Uh, I guess I'll go up next alphabetically. All right. Women's side. Lindsay Webster, Alex Walker, Hannah Holmes, and both Ashleys, O'Hara and Heller. So Lindsay, pretty safe bet. Alex Walker, you know what you're going to get from her as well. Hannah Holmes, kind of dark horse pick right there. And mm-hmm. Ashley O'Hara and Ashley Heller both have really high ceilings, um, have finished fourth uh, and consistently in that top 10. Little variability depending on the course, but I like their running. Um, so I think that those are solid picks. What do you guys think? I'm interested in Ashley O'Hara pick. You know, she's now also under the the, the dream team wing. Uh, she was previously coached by 
Kempson, who yeah. like so like if she's not coached by Kempson anymore, is that good? Like I can't say it is, <laughs> but it's I'm interested. The- if, but if but if she's still coached, I don't know if she's still coached by Kempson. If she's coached by Kempson still to take another leap, has some more support with Dream Team, I could see her having a great year. But if like not, I don't know. That, that's be interesting to see on, on my end. It's the interesting gamble of Dream Team, which is their stance on this is if you join our team, we would like to support our in-house coaches because mm-hmm. what are we saying about them if our own team members don't use them? And I understand the logic. But changing coaches is always a little bit of a risk. And I guess that's as far as I'll go into that. But you, it's just, it's an unknown. You can't quantify the transition. And so we've, we've seen some people join and do well. We've seen some people join and get hurt. We've seen some people join and drop off. You've seen some people like Annie obviously did really well. Mm-hmm. You know, it's for sure. And Emma. Emma so, yeah. so, so we've seen a mixed bag and... You just don't know. You don't know. Like, so she could be your like second place finisher, maybe like at that high, if she makes a leap or like, yeah, she could be right where you drafted her. Um, mm-hmm. yep. And and depending on where Alex's fitness is right now, I mean, she had a couple great U S national series races last year, like her two effort, podiums and a couple fifths and like a fourth. She for was... West Virginia, she should have got second. She failed the multi-rig at the very, very end. So she yeah. like, so, and she comes with it early in the season. It's just like how, like what, yeah. How well is she going to stay? So, yep. And then men's side, uh, Tyler Veerman, Hawk Call, Wild Card on Hunter McIntyre, Kirk DeWint, and Mark Audette. And then my actual wild card is Johnny Lunalima. So a lot of speculation there on how they're going to do. I mean, that feels like mine to me. I was thinking the same thing on the men's side. It's like, these guys could be awesome or it could just be a. Yeah. That's kind of the line that I rode all last season. It was like a few reach picks. And then kind of like steady, you know where you're going to get, but they could also have a really good race. If not, you kind of know their uh, their floor. I hate to I hate to bring it back up to apply just, but Hunter with that in that fourth round, like. I could look really good or really stupid. So I'm it's prepared. Just, yeah, I mean, like it's. Uh, He's still, he was one minute behind Ryan Kent in High Rocks. And he's he's never missed top five in any race. I understand that, you know, the, the field is deeper now, but he was still competing and beating Cody, Hobie, Killian, Atkins, like some really, really elite names, Woods, um, throughout his heyday. And I, I get it. He's removed from that. But I'm, I'm taking a flyer here. He put that this was his schedule for that uh, Beat Hunter contest. So I, he's, he's had this on his radar for a while, and he doesn't have to travel. So... I don't know. I like his chances. Maybe I'm discrediting him as a competitor with that. And maybe he is going to be like your second and your second finisher. Um, Rich, Hawk- you were in high rocks with them. You saw him up close as recently as anybody. Wait, are there a lot of sleds at this competition? Doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, there's a sled pull. Here's, here's, here's <laughs> the thing. Hunter should never be counted out. He's one of right. the maybe historically five best men the sport has ever seen. However, we've repeated one theme throughout this show, which is this is the course for the runner to come over and do well because there's nothing to trip them up or slow them up. And you just described the opposite of what Hunter has been the last two or three years, which is the runner. So should you ever bet against him? No, but just kind of like if there was a race for Lindsay to lose, this might be it. 
mm-hmm. there were a race for him not to come right back in and assume his spot, this is it. Yeah. I I mean, it's strong arguments on both sides. I just, I expected him to be picked by round five. That's why I kind of reached for him a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, I didn't expect to get him back at 18 if I passed him up at 12 or 13. So. And you're, th- you're three picks behind, like Alex Walker will, will score high. Kirk yeah. and Mark will score well. So it was it was a, yeah. a good spot to take him. And Hawk yeah. Call, who knows? Honestly, he could win. win. Who knows? He could win. Yeah. As of prior to him racing Rylan, I would have said he's – the best young prospect in the sport and he's probably going to win this race if vj yeah. doesn't and rylan beating him i think again maybe recency bias that would be or he might have been like Hawk wins. Um, yeah. Hawks, be the calls nuts. get into shape so quick though like yeah. when hobie got would get beat he'd show up three or four weeks later and just annihilate people like we yeah. might see a little hobie turnaround out of hawk right now yeah that'd be crazy all right. We, we, we got to put some odds on this. Let's let, we'll make that the next thing. We'll put some odds out and team rich. Let's get some action going. All right. On the oh, female man. side, I have Ida Steensgard, Renee Mativier, Ariel Fitzgerald, Miranda Kopinski, and Lacey Burgess. On the men's side, I have. You might have the first four finishers of <laughs> VJ Jones, Ryan Atkins, Josiah Midow, Logan Broadbent, Nick Mask, and Angel Quintero. Look at, team. Look at those dudes coming into this. I was like, I need to go heavy on the women because the field is less deep <laughs> on the men's like on the men's side, that middle, we have no idea. That is just going to be luck. Honestly. Has that, anyone ever had VJ and Atkins on the team together before? I don't think that's, so. Atkins that's my fault. <laughs> yeah. That's my fault. Yeah. You, if you're, here's what I think. I think you have the highest percentage of your men hitting. I think they have the I think they have the highest floor of any three teams. Your men have the highest floor. Like you're going to you're going to get results. Yeah. I would say it's fair. On the female side, it's gonna be a little bit more, but like that's the thing. There's not like on the men's side, a guy could get fifth or he get fifteenth. Like on the women's side, an athlete could get fifth or like eighth. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's that's why I wanted to go heavier on the women, but I think that's gonna not matter as much. If the men hit great then i think i'll be in good a good spot your top three men will not make mistakes and they won't be mentally out of it so i have our sport a lot of times we have to worry i wonder if they're going to be confident coming in vj ryan and josiah are just going to be locked in mm-hmm. absolutely it, there's just no question with those three so you just have to find two outside of that Nick I'm happy could have a dangerous race. Um, Logan's mm-hmm. confident as ever at the beginning of the season, usually. Yeah, I'm, I'm I like the Renee pick. I'm interested to see how that goes. You're and you look at that Hunter and Renee round that. four. What's yeah. that? You have Hunter a team that can support a reach, right? You have so many guarantees that a Renee, if she if she falls off, it doesn't hurt you. Yeah, because you only need two, you have three guarantees, you just need two. We need we, we score seven. Sorry, Jack. You were talking round four. Oh, I was saying uh, both of us took a reach in round four. Me being mm-hmm. Hunter, and then uh, Renee for Rich. So maybe that's the move. Round four is yeah. Uh, and then Ryan Kent. I don't feel like he's a reach right now. I, I mean, he's still. We want him to do well, and like his fitness is probably as high end as anybody. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. We didn't, he didn't race all last year. And like, we'll see how much the depth of field and how much sharpness is going to matter. Kent yeah. of old was boomer bust. 
when he was on and locked in, he could race with anyone. He beat Atkins head to head in Seattle. He took second to Killian and then to Woods in West Virginia and San Jose. Like he took it to people, but then he'd have races where he'd get dropped. Since transitioning to hybrid racing more, he's been the most consistent racer. Mm-hmm. The yep. question is, does that transfer back? Is he a new athlete because of that? Or is that because hybrid racing is just more in his skill set? But I almost don't think it matters. Fitness begets success and he's fit and he's confident. He's not going to be afraid of anyone. And I think he expects to win. Yeah, he definitely does. <laughs> How many people here actually expect to win? DJ Atkins, probably yeah. Ryland and Kent. Hawk might. Hawk might, yeah. I could see Hunter like thinking it also. you can win and expecting yeah. to win is different. I don't think yeah. Ryland would expect to win at this point. I think he thinks he can win or is going to yeah. try to win. Yeah. But like VJ and Atkins, they think they're going to win. And Kent, I think Kent, he has the Kent same certainty. I agree. I think so too. Yep. Well, and that's powerful. This draft went nothing like I thought it would. Um, wrote down a bunch of notes and was expecting, you know, blank person to be around three, three rounds later, they get picked early. Other people lasted way longer. Um, That's why you play the game. If you made a team of the players left over, you might beat one of our teams. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, not yours because you're going to score 30. Can we get that in a sound clip, Rich? I might put up a 30 spot. (laughs) Yes. Per person. Yeah. What are we thinking? What are we? So, Athlinks is not carrying these races I'll be anymore. There, so. You're there. Yeah, I'm. I'm helping with coverage for the women's side. Just the women's side. Yeah, Steve. It, Steve Hammond's doing the men's side. I'm doing the women's. This is breaking news. I guess. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> he finally not found a me. better looking Magita. That would be what happened. He found a better looking Magita. Exactly. Couldn't Congrats. have said it better myself. Yeah. So you're, when do you go out? Wife for uh, being, in, or being in labor today or tomorrow. So, Yeah, I meant to text him. I didn't. I'll text him later. Um, yeah, you excited? I think it should be good. I, I don't know the format, if it's going to be more sideline reporting, because they mentioned that he's still going to do some of the voiceover um, for you know post-race. He's just going to uninstall social media. So don't text him and be like, did you see that so-and-so want? Like, he, he wants to keep it a surprise, um, just so it's a raw reaction when he's doing the – the coverage and stuff, but I know I'm going to be on the Gator following them around course, maybe doing some rabbiting as well. So it should be fun. Nice. You're in the big leagues now. The big leagues. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's going to be a preview show um, element that they're also going to do. So me and Steve kind of making predictions and stuff. It'll be Steve and I, if you're on air, you're going to want to get your, that's true. That's all true, the syntax yeah. and everything. Correct. I agree with that. We have to use proper grammar on there or else I won't get a second opportunity. Are you just going to play the vi- this video as the preview? Just hour 57 little warm-up before the video. Just just see that. People, yeah. will, li- people will listen. All right. So yeah. you have the inside information now. Is there going to be any live component? I what? honestly don't know about that. I don't know what hotel I'm staying at. And my flight got approved at the end of last week. So this is like all last-minute stuff. Are you tier 3.5 now? Getting a flight approved? I'm not tier anything. That's like 1.5. That's pretty good. You're way up there. Tier 1.5? Yeah. I mean, realistically, one oh, flight wow. to California. Flight? Yeah. That's true. That's true. Well, th- this is uh, – th- I-, I hope that I can add some some cool insight and stuff. So, Tier 2B. 
Are you going to write notes or you're just going to have it all in, in the Bauer brain? It's all I'm, I, I, I was actually considering one of my friends. Um, she has uh, what's what's a, a laminating machine. So I was considering having like, you know, the playbook or something like that. Just write some little cheat notes and stuff just so Put I can put on the wristband. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just the, uh, the, the quarterback. The the playbook. Yeah. The menu that the coaches yeah. have. Bracken, what's your number one piece of advice to someone who's going on air for Spartan? I would say make a statement with your wardrobe. Number one. Yeah. Take a risk. Yeah. I have no a bigger Halloween costume. Would that be a good one? Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> nah, man. Be yourself. You know what you yeah. bring to the table. Don't try to be anyone but you. Exactly. Yeah. I'm not going to pretend to be Kevin Donahue screaming at the mic the whole time. Like he's got all that energy and stuff, but. No, I've done enough podcasts. I'm just going to kind of yeah. rely on the, what I do. Yeah, you have you have insight, right? Donahue yeah. has energy. Yeah, piped in piped in energy. You have insight, which is yeah. I think ideally, I would love to have a co-host. And like I said, I might be on the air for 30 seconds total, just helping out with little thing. I don't know like the full format yet, but it would be it would be cool doing race coverage, kind of like Bracken did for for Savage, where I'd fill in the info, the other person paints the picture of like what's going on right there. Like Bracken typically does that. That'll be my ideal scenario, but I don't know if that's going to end up being the format. Put in a good word for Bracken to Spartan. Oh, I think everybody, everybody in the industry, <laughs> a lot of good Bracken deserves that spot. So there's no such thing as deserve in this world. Jack has, has earned with his proven crappy recording, uh, announcing time and time again, that he deserves the opportunity for some real recording. Here's the best piece of advice I got. Not that I'm saying that you need it, but the best I got is that when you are tossed something, if you have to take a breath, you're done. The first time you pause is the end of your talk. And that really helped me when I was doing some NBC and some other stuff, which mm -hmm. is like, we just talk and talk and talk here. I talk over everyone. I talk, talk, talk. But when you're on mic, that equals my sentence is done. Yeah. You hear that Leave all the time. Leave them want more rather than get to the end. It's a half pause. And now someone's going to go and I'm not sure if I should. And then I get mm -hmm. redundant. One yeah. breath and you're done. You hear that with uh, like sideline reporting on uh, Monday Night Football or something. They'll send it down to Michelle Tafoya. And she's just like spitting out words for 15 seconds back to you. Like yep. there's no secondary like adding on to it unless you know that that person's in your ear telling you we need a little bit more. Yeah. You want when they get done for people to say, I'd like to hear more from that Jack guy. Yeah, that's gonna be good because you're gonna know who all these athletes are and like have the the background on them, just like ready to 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 deliver, which yeah. is something that has been what, lacking. What we don't normally get. Yeah. I don't. I don't want to be that guy who's just like, and they're running really fast, and so and so is in second because I can literally see. I want to like actually add some some material on there that gives you a little perspective. No one needs to hear that they look smooth right now. Yeah. Or they look comfortable. Yeah, yeah, I'll see yeah. That. yeah. And and half the times it's just like a guess. Like it looks like they're working. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's like, do you really know? Yeah, I, I think kind it's of what I want you. If if I'm not on the mic for part of it, just like run with them for a 30 second downhill. Be like, wow, she's going five ten pace. Like now I can talk about that during the show. Just give some perspective on how fast they're actually going. I'd imagine things happen like pretty fast. Yeah, I, I really have no no idea how it's going to go like behind the scenes. You see how the final product looks, but I don't know like the, the working parts behind that. I might, you know, not have any, <laughs> any say over what happens and I'm just kind of filling it in as it goes.
Question for you. Yeah. At what distance or distances could you beat Emma Cook Clark in a race right now? Good question. Right now? What's the longest distance you could beat her in a race at? Because I assume you think you could take her in a 50 or a 100 or a 400 and maybe an 800. What's the longest? Like, where would your equal meeting ground be? As me as the cameraman or head to head racing or both? Starting? No, no, no. Head to head, full warm up. Split shorts. You're running. Um, I'd say probably like 4K. About 4K? Yeah. Okay. 3K to, 3K to 4K. What do you think she could run a 5K in? You think she's. She's probably like mid 17s right yeah. now. What are you? Where, yeah, where are you at? I, I think right about now I'm there. I, I had a really rough showing the other day with uh, Rich and. And Ryan, when we did when we were at the mini incline and stuff, but I'm I'm better. Oh, that mid seventeens, and she's mid seventeens. That's true. You're saying that four k is the longest you can go because she'll out kick you in a five k. You're just trying to back me in a corner and use me as your punching bag right now. Um, <laughs> you heard me say punching bag on the last episode. I, I had to fit it in. I do my research bracket. Yeah, <laughs> I make sure yeah. one of us. No, head, oh, head. no, but I'm, I'm so you think you could go a five k with her right now? Probably, yeah. Yeah, I'd find a way. Like, I think so. Lindsay, Could you beat her up the incline? Uh, I I helped Rhea set the record for the women. She was like 23.50 or so. And I lasted until, you know, that last, the false summit, like it starts leveling off before going up again. I lasted 18 or 19 minutes um, pacing Rhea. And then I was like, I can't. And I set my PR that day as well. Um, but that was a few wow. years ago. Rhea has the record? No, no, no. The Str- she wanted the Strava one, and then oh. Alan McLaughlin is like you know twenty one flat or something like that. that she's insane. a world class mountain runner. Yeah. But. Well, you're a world class OCR statistician. I, statistician, yeah. soon to be announcer. I've got huge competition on that one. Just like you're, you have a uh, world class shoe wall behind you. Like some stores might have that. You have it at your house, so that's that's world class right there. Thank yeah. you. That means a lot. <laughs> Sure. All right, boys. I think we did it. Anything else we got to add on to this thing? Let's see how wrong we're going to be. This is this is going to be crazy. This Watch party, fun. you and I, Rich. Yeah. Well, we don't we don't know what when, how we're going to catch it live, right? No, they have on um, Spartan's page. Website. Like you literally go on Spartan.com. You don't even have to be on the SoCal or the Arizona or something. But for those is it two giving races, you updates, it, literally on it, it says live timing, and then you click there. So it should be oh. up to date. Um, I may have just missed it when I tried to check out like the Arizona and Jacksonville race. I may just day one late. they weren't ready. It wasn't working. Yeah, I'm not sure if you're going to have to do F5 over and over again or if it auto refreshes. But Got it. Yeah. I have a I have a wedding on Saturday, so no live streaming for me. But maybe it's next a Sunday. Time. Oh, and well, he's definitely not going to be like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll just be like face down. Yeah. Everybody listening, if you are running this race, daylight savings time is Saturday rolling into Sunday. So you're going to lose an hour of sleep. But the race for the men starts at 9 a.m. If it were a 7 a.m. race, we would have someone in trouble. Yep. At least one. That that happened to me with a Savage race in Texas once. Um, I did it and I was like, oh, crap. Is it like actually this time or this time? And I just trusted my clock or my cell phone to auto update. And obviously it did. But if you're relying on like, a manual alarm clock, not your phone. You might be in some trouble. Yeah. Cool. We'll check it. We'll make sure to watch on the Spartan site and then we'll see you on the sidelines, dude. Exciting stuff. Gentlemen. Good draft. All right, boys. Excellent work.